welcome back friends it's the random show big up everybody in the stream chat tuning in right now big up everybody locked in appreciate all of you except Natashki except everybody else in the chat that doubted me I don't appreciate any of you and you're all gonna get banned 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 just you wait you doubted me you thought I wasn't gonna be here you put smut on my name ban 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 everybody it's the random show episode number one two five i think i don't know what episode it is it doesn't really matter but we're here anyway big up everybody tuning in i appreciate every single one of yous even the ones who doubted me even the ones who said i wouldn't be here i appreciate you i had people insulting me in the stream chat from the other day to today it's been non-stop insulting agostino flipping couple of days but it's okay i'm a big boy like brendan said i've got big shoulders right to carry all the hate <laughs> like brendan <laughs> i've got big shoulders to carry all the hate so whatever say what you want about me okay say what you want about me i've heard worse in my flipping young life <laughs> But now, big up everybody in the stream chat. I appreciate all of you. Exactly, yeah, victim zinger. <laughs> I'm the victim, man. I am the victim. This is my victim era. I'm I'm leaning into it, man. I'm the oppressed one, black immigrant. You know, from a fucking broken household, poor. <laughs> I'm the victim, uneducated, right? Bad neighborhood, rough boy. Yo, big up old young old vibes. Appreciate you. <laughs> Hold on, let's play that again because it didn't. <laughs> you guys are killing me on this fourth of July stream. <laughs> oh, you guys are killing me on this fourth of July shit. Hold on one second. Let me play that for you again because the the, the, the thing wasn't on. <laughs> You guys are absolutely killing me with this 4th of July smoke. But let me play it one more again. Big up young old vibes. I appreciate you for the $1.99 super chat. What day is the 4th of July again? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> no comment. No comment. Okay? No comment. I don't know what you're talking about, young old vibes. I have no idea what you're talking about. I do not recall. Um, I have no idea, <laughs> so no comment. <laughs> oh, mate, honestly, big up everybody in the stream chat, man. I appreciate all of you anyway, for sure. Um, we got so much stuff to dive on into, man. So much things to dive on into. But I also don't want to do this super long because today 
is the one day in London where it hasn't been super warm. I'm not sure if you guys are warm where you're at, but it's been record temperatures in terms of a heat wave here in the UK. We've got 14 days coming up of some of the hottest days we've ever had here in, in the UK overall. And it's been really nice today because there's been some nice summer rain. It's been cool, it's been chill. So I'm thinking of going on a run tomorrow because I've been on a run in a long time because of my flipping asthma and shit. And the fact that I get allergies and whatnot and the pollen in the morning fucking fucks me over. So I want to try and get in a run in the morning. So I don't want to do this super long. But you know me, innit? I say I don't want to do it super long and I end up being here for flipping five hours. So let's see where I'm going. But we've got lots of stuff to get into. So if you do see me duck out before you know and you think oh my god it's so short don't don't cry um and don't be angry at me but i'm trying to get skinny and i'm trying to fit into my rico inch clothes so please understand <laughs> my priorities right now but we've got a fun show loads of good stuff to dive on into loads of interesting things i want to show you and whatnot and of course take part in the chat you know let me know while one um, if you have any questions and stuff throw them out there make sure you're liking the stream as you go along and you enjoy if you don't then all good you can hang out all is well all is well so first things first first things first to talk about right um i'm somebody that's kind of bummed out for brendan because of this i don't take great pleasure in seeing this play out because I think to myself that sometimes in life, not everybody's, hmm, how do I say this? Sometimes you have dreams and aspirations in your life and you approach them with, you know, you approach them with enthusiasm. You have a lot of dedication in what you do. You work hard and you try your best. And sometimes despite all your best efforts, it just doesn't work out for you. And sometimes it can be really hard to kind of swallow, um, no pun intended, if you start out doing it with somebody around the same time and then your career starts to go a little bit and their career starts to go up and there's no real difference between you guys apart from maybe let's say talent which is something that's kind of you know god-given and something that you can't really replicate but for the most part in terms of hard work in terms of you know attitude in terms of platform whatever it may be you're kind of all in a similar sort of level and then suddenly one person just starts to go right they're hitting the stars while you're just plateauing or you're going downwards it can be really difficult to kind of wrangle and get right in your head and for brendan it must be especially especially difficult right especially difficult ever since flipping what's his face Theo vaughn decided to flip in step aside from king and the sting ever since Theo vaughn said you know what enough is enough i'm not gonna do this anymore and step away it feels as if Theo's career has gone crazy crazy it's getting to flipping overdrive his podcast is getting basically every episode is basically getting half a million views um if not millions of views um you know he's getting loads of flipping engagement all over flipping social media and more importantly it seems like he's now becoming the de facto comedian of choice for the for you know celebrities and this is a good example of it this is a video um taken from diplo's instagram account that i pulled and it shows the one and the only theo behind the flipping dj booth with flipping um diplo 
I guess this might be somewhere in America. I'm not really too sure. Maybe it's Las Vegas. Maybe it's Ibiza. Who knows? Either way, it's a nice glitzy nightclub out in the sun. And there's Theo behind the DJ booth with none other than world acclaimed DJ Diplo. How crazy is this? And then after the fact, there's a picture of both of those guys enjoying a nice cold diet Coca-Cola after the flipping night's affairs. Now, wouldn't this be crazy to feel? Imagine you're Brendan, right? And you kind of start kinging this thing together with Theo. It feels like your careers are maybe starting at the same time, even though they're not, because Theo's been in comedy way longer than Brendan. But still, in terms of mainstream podcast, LA scene love, you feel as if if you're Brendan, you played some part some small part in Theo's career now I don't he I know he didn't do much but let's just give him some level of a blight there he maybe played a tiny tiny part in it and then along the way he decides to step away from you and his career has gone on a completely another level and of course Brendan's career has somewhat stagnated if you're Brendan you must feel like absolute doo-doo it must be such a weird feeling to kind of rectify in your head to kind of sort out and make any sense because essentially Theo's doing all the things that Brendan would probably like to do because he thinks himself as a, of a celebrity he thinks himself as being in the know and whatever maybe but he never gets invited to these kinds of things he never even gets the chance to turn them down they're never offered to him because he's not the one that these guys kind of like or appreciate maybe it's not funny whatever it may be but it must be such an interesting place to be in when you're flipping Brendan and you're seeing Theo out here in wherever he may be Las Vegas LA whatever this place is surrounded by all of these probably underage you know white ladies uh, in the flipping DJ booth having an absolute whale of a time right just absolutely loving it right just Caucasian girl after Caucasian girl after Caucasian girl right loads of flipping Caucasian young ladies behind the booth all probably looking for a couple of addies to kind of slip into their drinks and Brendan is somewhere at home looking after the kiddos nowhere place to be what an interesting situation now on top of that on top of that on top of that you've got this you've got one of the you know richest men in the world in Elon Musk essentially promoting Fiovon's podcast right on his flipping Twitter right because Fio decided hey uh, the Roseanne episode has been getting a lot of stick online because she said some racist things you know being Roseanne doing Roseanne what what she does he decided to put that back up there again and have it available for everybody to flip and check out and upload it onto YouTube and it's funny because Fio is such in everybody's good graces that nobody 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 is looking at him the same way they'd look at if i don't know joe rogan had you know platformed quote-unquote roseanne everyone just kind of sees it as you know a funny sort of fear show nobody nobody is really looking at Theo like a bad dude no one is looking at him like a right-wing grifter in any way shape or form they're just kind of letting him live and enjoying the moment of what he does and I think if you're flipping Brendan it must be eating you up alive to see this happening to this guy in real time because it feels like your career is going absolutely nowhere and the sky is the limit now with flipping Theo it feels like he's just about to get started it must be so crushing to flip and see this play out in real time time legitimately crossing for him to play out and i have to be honest like i can't help but feel 
a tiny, tiny bit bad for him. I know some people don't bother and don't care, but I can't help but feel a tiny, tiny bit bad for him considering how everything started out and how it looks like his career is coming to a somewhat, you know, uneventful, grinding halt, it feels like. You know? Maybe it's just me again. Maybe it's just my um, upbringing, you know, in a Catholic household, Christian household, where legitimately I always have this capacity to forgive. I always have this capacity to have compassion for people who are maybe you know i shouldn't have compassion for who knows but i can't but stop but help feeling a little bit bad for brendan shaw for everything that he's going through considering what's going on but hey maybe i'm a redact maybe i don't know what i'm talking about maybe it's crazy maybe it is it kind of is a situation what it is but on top of that i was thinking and checking things out i was like you know what i'm actually curious to see what the first episode right what the first episode of king of the sting was like do you remember the first episode of king and the sting do you guys remember the first episode of king and the sting well you don't well let's quickly watch a bit of it this is the first ever episode of king and the sting with fia von and brendan Schaub. and this in my opinion was the best i feel like yeah i feel like it was the best product that brendan put out personally I feel like nowadays the best content he has out maybe is Food Truck Diaries, but that's less to do with him and more to do with the kind of, you know, the concept of the show. But I feel like the best content he had put together in any way, shape or form was definitely, was definitely King of the Sting. And he just fucked it. You know, he messed up for himself. Um, I don't know what happened basically between them, but I have a feeling Theo got a call from his agents to say, hey, you got to step away from Brendan. You can't be Brendan's friend. He's bad for business. This guy's toxic. Too many allegations, too many stories, too much bad reputation, the Chris Aaliyah stuff. I feel like that's what happened because I feel like if he would have been a bit more sensible and kept his counsel, stop trying to bully Kalila, stop trying to fuck Kalila, stop, stop trying to fuck Kalila, stop trying to bully Bobby, then maybe this would have worked out. But this is the first episode, the first episode of King and the Sting. And the funny thing is, it's pretty decent, especially when you consider how terrible Brendan Shaw's content is now. You said chop and chop, action. huh? Three. Wow. from wayne's world bro is it really yeah wayne's world wow i think i was one years old bro. nah you were in wayne's world bro uh-uh you weren't no i wasn't Fool I think, me dude we had a guy actually by us this kid named wayne king right and he couldn't read wayne king i don't know if he could read but if he could read he wasn't he wasn't admitting it sure and he used to when he couldn't express himself they had a wooden fence like this huge long wooden fence behind the apartment standard he'd run right fucking through it there to get his point across like Damn. if he was real serious and it made a point though Hundred percent. Yeah, like if he, you knew what was going on with him. So. Did, he, did he get all the chicks? No, 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 no. no. He didn't. I, I never saw him with a shirt on, and I and was he was he jacked. Or he had, had titties. Mm, he was jacked up. Like something was. He. He had. I guess he had titties. Kind of. <laughs> How old had, was he? His father was a bus driver. His father never wore a shirt. Milford as, King was his father. As the bus driver? Yeah. Damn, that's frowned upon, bro. That's when you could That's do it. some New Orleans shit. That's not frowned upon. Depends on where you're at. Apparently, you grew up in the shirt belt where everybody has shirts, dude. Yeah, yeah man. If you're driving <laughs> kids, you got to have your clothes on, bro. Wow, dude. Well, speaking of shirts, you're also wearing a large from uh, Disneyland. Me, bro, a you, children's large. Bro, you look like a college kid. I mean, you got blue one that was given to you. You got a purple fucking skin. In my opinion, the reason why this show worked, because it was the only show where Brendan allowed himself to be mocked 
because before this he was so impervious he just rejected any instance or any kind of suggestion that he would be up for a roasting or ribbing he didn't like in the slightest he had the thinnest skin ever but the reason why this show works was because he was opening himself up to being mocked opening himself up to be laughed at because he's a ridiculous looking person right we all are everyone's got a ridiculous side of them that can easily be pointed at and laughed at but for some reason brendan didn't seem to be somebody that was willing or open to let himself be mocked um he took himself way too seriously and then when theo jumped in and they got this you know banter they had this kind of rapport where they kind of ripped into each other it kind of made brendan somewhat likable because it kind of showed he does have the capacity not to be as thin-skinned or sensitive as he was in the past that's all it took just for him to open himself up to be mocked a little bit and people liked him more and he still found a way to mess this up classic brendan guinea sweats on these are plum those are purple bro these aren't purple dude these are you, you look like you're transitioning and ran out of money <laughs> <laughs> hey yo big up i just def. started weight training what is your secret to being an elite athlete <laughs> big up hi there thank you for the five dollar secret chat this elite athlete fucking meme is fucking hilarious but big up you high def big up you <laughs> oh you guys are so mean honestly so fucking mean you look like a russian spy who's transitioning <laughs> but they don't know exactly how it works in in fucking america <laughs> so they give us this <laughs> You're not fooling what are anyone, you talking bro. About uh, what are dick you, or pussy, dick or pussy, <laughs> king of thing. I, Dude, you look I like hummus. <laughs> hummus, hummus is Middle Eastern. I know. You idiot. You're the shitty Russian <laughs> spy ever. You're a shitty transitioning Russian spy, bro. Dude, no doubt you look like every gay dude that's about to teach a dance lesson on television. <laughs> that's exactly what you look like right now. I'll take that, they bro. All wear exactly I'll take it, that, man. dude. I'll take it, and you bro. got that blood gold watch, dude. How many brothers? What? How many black men and probably black children had to die so you could have that watch? I don't know, man. I don't wow, know, bro. Very Blood sad. diamonds, bro. Dude, uh, Blood if, diamonds. if you put it up to my ear, I bet I can hear the May. It's interesting, his, his humor, right? It's interesting, Brendan's humor. The un inability to kind of rib and to kind of go, you know, back to back to back. He doesn't really have it. He just repeats little lines, says little phrases, parrots what someone else says, but doesn't really have any kind of range in terms of anything, you know, insults or little quips back. He's not very quick, not very witty in the slightest, really. Maybe this is this is maybe this is also a sign of how terrible his flipping stand-up career would end up panning out, right? He's never really had it in that regard flower coming over with a bunch of straight up damn bro i'm just you're saying going dude, that, you're going that direction i wouldn't wear that kind of stuff man no it's not know? it's not for you bro it's not for your kind yeah then that's being that's being cool, that's being cool. <laughs> dude, okay <laughs> should we kick this off or what man yeah man it's been kicked um it's been kicked bro. yeah we've you lead kicked, it man we, you're going to sprinkle tell them about the sprinkle to serve people talking about know. the sprinkles yeah. You're talking about the Spreckles? Yeah, dude, first of all. He's talking about Spreckles? Don't say I'm performing at Spreckles Theater. The Spreckles Theater. Yeah. The Spreckles. Whatever, bro. dude. You know who the Spreckles were? No. First of all, Delicious. no, family of dwarfs that grew fruit oh, wow. actually near Santa Ana. That makes sense. Oh, beautiful. Like tangerines and stuff? Yeah, yeah. All right, I don't have a problem and with dude, that. And dude, what made them. You know, they actually liked each other. Can you feel the love? Can you feel the appreciation? Can you feel how excited they are to be in the same room? Maybe this is actually a reflection on why the podcasting spaces kind of died a little bit especially the comedy stuff 
because it feels like some of these guys have kind of got bored of each other. Don't you get that feeling? They probably see each other on podcasts. They probably bumped into each other at clubs. They bump into each other at airports. Um, you know, maybe some of their wives hang out with each other. You know, their agents are all friends. So they see each other quite often. Then they have to get on the fucking, in front of a camera and do the ha ha he he shit. So it's no surprise that some of these guys are a little bit like dead and flat. But these early episodes of King and the Sting or these early kind of, you know, whatever comedy show that you like are usually the golden ones because these guys are still kind of learning each other, you know, um, finding out more about each other. Uh, their relationship is kind of blossoming in front of your eyes, right? And they're legitimately trying to make each other laugh, like legit. And you can kind of feel it from this little clip you're watching. But nowadays, it's not the case. Nowadays, it's just a clock in, you know, do your little bits of talk, read your ad reads and you know, more talk, current events, what else you got chin and keep it moving. That's probably why all of it feels kind of dead now. So beautiful is they had to all stack up and do like a human pyramid like to pick an orange. Else. Yeah. So it's teamwork. So really the definition of teamwork, actually. Yeah. And speaking of teamwork, I'm going to be at Spreckles Theater, bro. But alone. But you're performing by yourself, right? By myself. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's no. That first one hour special. Yeah, man. What's it called? Do you know? Uh, you'd be surprised. Wow. You'd be surprised. What? Did he launch and announce? You'd be surprised on King in the Stink. <laughs> I would love to see the episode after King in the Stink or You'd be surprised Ed. I'd love to see what happened after. Like, what does Fio say? <laughs> I wonder what episode number that is. The episode after You'd Be Surprised actually airs on Showtime. I would love to see what Fio actually said. But this is wild. I, I didn't know this was the episode. Surprised, huh? You know what that's off of? Uh-uh. It's a play from uh, when I started doing stand-up when Joe Rogan goes. Uh, we, we, he gave me that talk, and then I said, I think. Hi, how many baddies and addies would it take for you to teach Brandon how to be an elite alfell? <laughs> how many addies are big up high def ten? How many addies and baddies? Probably about an eight balls worth. An eight balls worth of addies and maybe let's do a couple of baddies because I've I don't I don't have the endurance for more than two. So an eight balls worth of addies and two baddies and I'm there. Thank you be surprised because we're, we're talking about fighting oh, when you're quitting fighting yep oh wow from that and he yeah. said you think i think you and i said i think you'd be surprised wow that's the name of the special you'd be surprised i like it man thanks doug well but you're gonna be in irvine that night huh right? you're gonna be in irvine yeah i'll night? be in irvine all that weekend so and the spreckles is almost sold out isn't it yeah close. so super close so unless you want to stand outside of let's see this actually i want to see the the, the capacity of spreckles theater your big up illusionary commissioner i appreciate you I'd be surprised if I go didn't have comedy posters. <laughs> Why would you guys think I have comedy posters? Who, who's, whose poster would I have as a comedian on my wall? Think about it. Just think for yourself. Who do you think I'd have a poster of? Actually, I would like you guys to guess. If I did have a poster of a comedian in, somewhere in my home, whose poster would I have? Whose poster would I have if I did have one? <laughs> Delia. <laughs> Brian Cannon. Okay. Ouch. I don't like this. <laughs> I don't like this at all. But Cos Cosby. Yeah, that's a good one, actually. That's a good one. That's a really good one. <laughs> 
I bet you have a little Kim poster that passed down from the 90s by a friend you used to know. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Hitler's since he got his book. <laughs> yeah, Hitler from Jojo Rabbit. I've got that poster. Uh, Koyla. <laughs> Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> Whitney. <laughs> Matt Rife, yes, Robert Townsend. I've got a picture of Matt Rife topless somewhere in my flipping room. Oh, you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you guys are silly. You guys are very silly. Anyways, um, this Spreckles Theatre where Brendan did show, where Brendan did them. Um, you'd be surprised. Look at the capacity: one thousand four hundred and sixty-three. He nearly sold out this venue for his comedy special i don't think he actually did sell it out but he nearly did sell it out so that goes to show how far the star has fallen now he's having to cancel an entire european tour because he can't sell 2000 tickets but that's quite funny think about it, right he only did 1000 tickets for his debut right the the number one the first flipping special he ever did he rents out a theater 1400 but then for a tour in the UK, a country he's never been to, he decides to book theatres of 2,000 plus. Honestly, man, proper double-digit IQ moment. Proper double-digit IQ moment. But In the cold, it's going to be cold over there. Um, you'd be surprised. You can still get a ticket to see me in Irvine. You'd be surprised. You can still see <laughs> Theo in Irvine. So, Jesus Christ, Brendan, the parroting. Was there even a need for that? Like, he just repeated the whole thing he said. Outside in the cold, it's going to be cold over there. Um, you'd be surprised. You can still get a ticket to see me in Irvine. You'd be surprised. You can still see Theo in Irvine. <laughs> what was the point of that repeat? <laughs> he just parroted it for no reason. So, dang, I Irvine's didn't even know. Dope, though. Huh? Irvine's dope. Oh, it's going to be good, man. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Um, Have you done Brea yet? Yeah. Since I've they redid Brea. it? I love Brea. Since they redid it, no. though? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've done Bray. I'm just it's saying nice. they, they redid it. Yeah, it's supposed to be right up there with Irvine now. Huge. It's bigger than Irvine. Really? Yeah. Dude, Um, you know who hit me up, actually? Bisping hit me up and said he's going to come out to Irvine. Oh, nice. That'd be pretty cool. Oh, yeah, he lives in Orange County. Yeah, he lives down there. Yeah. You see that video of him and his son on Instagram, him driving with his son on his lap? No, I didn't see it. It's pretty cool, man. Yeah, he's a good it's dude. It's like a cool father-son moment. Um, yeah, he's a good dude. All right, well, let's get into this, dude. The long-awaited, <clears throat> this is the first trial episode. We want to get you guys' feedback and get into this, right? We're going to work out the kinks, figure it out. King or sting it, baby. Dude, I'll sting those socks, bro. Did you see those? Yeah, dude, what's up, dog? What's up, bro? I feel like they go with your outfit, man. Dude, how many fraggles had to die so you could fucking have a little bit of soft? <laughs> how many Muppet babies had to oh, die to make damn, this thing? dude. <laughs> Dang, covering up your Miss Piggies, bro. What's up, bro? All right, let's king it or sting it. So if we like it, we're going to king it. If we don't like it, we're going to sting it. Wow, can't slip one by this fucking Cavalier you cat. You got to let the audience know, bro. <laughs> They've been Not everyone. <laughs> Feels so good. And, and I got to let you know oh, that yeah. haircut doesn't exactly scream I got a degree, bro. bro you let know me see your hair right now. Show What's up, bro? Whoa, What's dude. up, bro? Oh, my God. I'll have a second scoop of uh, yams, please. All right. Okay. All right, Mrs. bro. Mrs. Childs. Okay. Definitely. That is cafeteria-grade hair right there. Cafeteria lady haircut? That Piccadilly, right. bro. Go. Here's the first one from Breasty Jeff. Breasty Jeff. What's up, fellas? Theo. So, what's the theory? At the moment, the T-Fat K subreddit has found out somebody, I think posted on there a couple of weeks ago, 
I think they run like a meme page or something. And somebody from King of the Sting or now Golden Hour reached out to them to submit a question. So I'm wondering, what do you guys think in the chat? It's obviously been proven now that they get people to submit questions, whether they're like up and coming actors, whether they're like social media people, and they try and make it seem as if they're fans of the show. So I'm wondering, were they doing that from episode one? Or was it something they started doing as the show progressed because they ran out of people calling in or good people that they liked? What do you think happened? Were they doing it since episode one? Or did they start doing it in the middle when all the submissions kind of ran dry? What do you guys think? I'm curious to know in the chat what you guys think. Because I have a feeling it started from episode one. <laughs> I have a feeling none of the submissions were legit. They were all fucking paid actors and stuff. What do you think? Nick, the producer, asked me to submit a few times and I declined. Wow, Uche. Oh, my days. Okay. Space Guy said, since episode one. Jesus Christ. I want to know more about that. Pick up Uche. Um, hi, Def. What's up? Paul. Who would you rather walk to you to your truck, Annie or Whitney? Who would I rather walk to my truck, Annie or Whitney? Who would I rather walk to my truck? Oh. I don't know, man. I think they're both going to be exhausting. As much as I like Annie, I feel like she's going to be a proper vibe killer. Um, oh. Not the kind of person that doesn't know when to leave. Same with Whitney Cummins. She she wanted to she went, went to shut up, and Annie wouldn't know when to leave. Um, fuck man, it's a hard choice. I have to be Annie, and it? it has to be Annie. Whitney's just too much. Like she's just too much. And could you imagine what? No, I'm not gonna say that. But <laughs> yeah, Annie for sure. Annie for sure. Even though Annie's annoying, Annie for sure. Like Annie, I'll take Annie for sure. But yeah, big up high def. Oh. oh, I know this guy. Bressy Jeff. What up, brother? What's it up, is. What's that? 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 Let me scroll up again. Um, what was it? Young and old vibe said earlier submissions were aimed at Theo since he left. Nobody wants to talk to them. <gasps> True. That's a very good point. I never thought about that actually. Very, very good point. Yeah, a lot of the questions were a lot of the people calling in were like essentially Theo fans. Because if I'm not mistaken, doesn't Theo have a segment on his podcast anyway where fans call in, right? That's something he's been doing from from the jump, I think. Theo's always been doing like phoning stuff, I'm sure, right? They leave like voicemails. Am I am I sure? Am I not sure? I don't know. I, uh, 27-year-old male. I drive that truck right there. And I'm trying to rock this. And I got the tuxedo. The uh, Canadian tuxedo going on. Texas tuxedo. I uh, wanted to... Uh, Yo, big up Abe Martinez. Annie got better looks. Whitney, why do the Gawk 3000? Annie got better looks. Whitney got the... <sighs> you're still like... You're still having to choose between... diarrhea and kidney stones like <laughs> i don't know man that's for me anyway both are not my cup of tea in the slightest you're still having to choose between diarrhea and kidney stones between both of them i guess you know what i mean like i don't know man that's the bottom of the barrel shit for me not for me in the slightest illusionary commission says uh oh it's gonna come up <laughs> you guys are so mean to me today oh jesus christos 
king it or sting it uh, anal pleasures. Oh, wow. Uh, with your tongue. What'd you guys think? <clears throat> wow. You guys Coming hot. Your big evolutionary commission. A ghost seems like the type who can't keep a plant alive. Now, I'm good at keeping plants alive, to be fair. My, my plants are fairly alive. You know, I don't eat, I don't keep them alive, but, you know, they're there. Started off with something. Soft, <laughs> Coming out huh? hot, Jesus, bro. He that... looks like a dude who's into ass play, though, isn't he? I mean, he definitely, you don't grow that 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 tail out if you're not. You no, know. you don't wear a full Jay Leno outfit without licking ass. Yeah, without buying a bunch of expensive cars. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think he's lying saying he's 27, but that's for another day. <laughs> right def- if he's well, 27, I'm 22. Yeah. <laughs> I know, Breasty Jeff, he... Uh, well, they call him Breasty Jeff. He, he has breasts. He got woman's <laughs> breasts. It's called gynoplasty. And he has woman's breasts on a man's cage. Hold up. Is it from, because did he do a bunch of steroids and he has gyno and then got the breast removed? Or did he put in implants because he's transitioning? I don't know. what. Do you know anything more about it? <clears throat> I think he's got that gynoclamastia, but I don't think it was from steroids. He's had it since he was a child. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. That can be a case, too. If you let another kid suck on your tits, too, when you're young, it can make it happen. Yeah, if they do it like multiple times a week. I don't I've know about that, that but bro. it makes your body think that you're going to have to support a kid. Yeah, yeah. But, um... Anyway, ass. Yeah. So anal pleasures with your tongue. <clears throat> Anyways, you get the gist. Um, just wanted to give a little quick little recap there of how good King of the Sting was when it first started, but now it's obviously gone to fucking poo poo town. Unfortunately, it's gone to fucking poo poo town. Let's move on and talk about some other bits and bobs here. Um, this stuff going on with Adam Twenty Two. Do I give a shit? Probably not. Let me give you an overview. Adam22 um, says he has no problem with his wife's porn career because she has now decided, or they've decided as a couple, that they want to introduce the um, the option of having her sleep with other men that aren't Adam22. And before, when they first started, the whole arrangement was that they would only have women um, that they would sleep with. So, you know, now she's getting her fun too. Personally, I don't give a blood clot crap about this. I really don't. I don't understand why the internet went in fucking overdrive over it. People writing fucking essays, lending their two cents, getting really annoyed by it, frustrated and pissed off. I don't understand. I don't get why people are so, so, so invested in this stuff. It's so nonsensical. It's their life. If they choose to live the way they want to live it, fair enough. If you don't agree with it, fair enough. But this constant harassing of these guys, and especially on the Adam 22 side of things, trying to bully him into starting to feel sad or to cry is really bizarre. He's told us over the years that he doesn't give a fuck. He's all about the money. He will fucking, yeah, big up high def. Appreciate you for turning the super chat. How did you not play for man you given your athletic ability? <laughs> <laughs> you're a piece of shit <laughs> you really are <laughs> I was fucking dodging a civil war in Angola when that time was happening that's why I couldn't play I was dodging a civil war <laughs> these guys honestly I swear to god you guys are fucking pieces of shit <laughs> anyway um 
Yeah. Um, Adam has told us over the years that, you know, hey, he doesn't care. He's all about the monies. He'll throw his own family under the under the bus if it means collecting a check. And he's, he's found a mate in Lena who clearly cares about money just as much as he does too. And if that's their MO and they're going to get loads of money out of it, loads of press, whatever, let them do what they want to do. Let them do what they want to do. It's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. I don't really see the issue of it personally. I find it really redacted and just a complete waste of time. If anything, it just goes to show how overly invested people are in people's lives i feel like it's good enough to kind of poke fun at what this guy says and the funny things that he does and the dumb things that he decisions that he makes but when it comes to fucking this stuff in their bedroom i just don't care when it comes to the porn stuff i just don't care i'm not gonna watch it really truly unless it comes on a free site somewhere i'm not paying for it i don't really give a fuck um i don't really give a fuck about adam really outside of no jumper it just is what it is like i don't know I don't really see the, the the flipping fascination with this. I honestly do not see the fascination with this. This is not, and again, it's not like we're living in like, I don't know, 1998 or anything. This is 2023. For the most part, you can see full hardcore porn on flipping Twitter. Most people in your friendship group, you probably know at least one person who does sex work online, whether it's on OnlyFans or something equivalent. Like, I don't know, man, we've all kind of, I don't know, sex has become so this stuff has become so normal nowadays that i don't think there's anything out there that should shock people the way this is shocking people it's really bizarre to be honest considering what people are used to seeing online on a daily basis or what people get up to in their own bedrooms on a daily basis i'm surprised that people are this bothered by it it's really strange maybe it goes to speak to a um something that's sort of like you know inherent to all of us humans where we all kind of feel a little bit uneasy about it maybe but i'm just surprised that most people are surprised especially those people that talk about being progressive and being open-minded and whatever it may be i'm surprised why this has become such a hot button topic it really doesn't make any sense for me i don't really know what the issue is personally um the only thing that's a bit strange from this to talk about the only thing that's a bit strange is adam 22's comment after the fact right where he's basically your big evolutionary commission appreciate it for two dollars super chat you haven't caught your breath since that jog video <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> thank you <laughs> when i get skinny you guys are going to be running out of these these jokes so get these jokes off as much as you can because when i become skinny you guys aren't going to have to run with this anymore okay um but yeah um when Adam 22 put this post out, it kind of felt like he's trying to get in front of the jokes and trying to preemptively halt it in some regards, which you can't really do. I don't think you can do that, really. You have to just let the internet do what the internet does. If he's going to be a cuck this week, he might be a cuck for a month, for a year, however long it is, and then it'll kind of die out. But he's trying his best to basically get in front of it. And I don't feel this is great. And also some of the wording in the statement is a bit odd. So I'll read it to you. He said, officially, it's been a week since I let my wife do a porn with another guy. I felt a little jealous at first, but overall, it wasn't that big of a deal. She's watched me sleep with hundreds of girls, and it's never affected our relationship. Sleeping with that gentleman has been amazing for both our career and our business. Overall, I'm glad we did it, and I'm happy to report her vagina has returned to its original pre-BBC size. <laughs> he continues there. He says, if any of you ladies, whatever. So... I don't know. I, I feel like the phrase of I let my wife do a porn of another guy is very interesting because I it feels like for the most part, he didn't let her do anything. She decided she wanted to do it and he basically agreed. 
right? He kind of came around to the idea, but I don't think he let her do anything. That's the only bit that's a little bit odd of a phrase to use because if you've been watching her from afar, you know that, you know, this was always on the cards. This was always going to happen sooner or later. Um, Lena would want to get her rocks off too, for lack of a better term. So it's interesting that he's using the phrase, I let my wife, when actually he didn't let her do shit. She decided what she wanted to do. And then he had to basically agree and get along with it because of course he loves her as his wife. The only thing that's odd for me, the only thing that's odd, just in terms of optics, is the fact that they only got married recently and they've got a kid. And they're planning to have more. That's the only thing that's a bit strange. Because if I'm not mistaken, um, who's the girl? Um, something Riley, the really short one, petite one. She was known as a very popular porn star. Loads of scenes and shit. And she quit completely when she got married and had kids and stuff, right? So it does happen with porn stars sometimes or, you know, adult entertainers where they decide to just, you know, when I have my family, that's when I'm going to hang it up and whatever, chill. Or some of them are like, oh, if I have a boyfriend, I can do what I want. But when I'm married, I'm going to like quit the lifestyle. But it's interesting that they're actually ramping it up. That's what they're doing. They're doing the opposite. So they got married, had a kid. And instead of settling down and chilling, they're actually going the opposite way, which is going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I'm I'm curious just as a big up high def. appreciate you. On a scale of one to 10, how much do you love Greg's? On a scale of one to ten, how much I love Greg's? Oh, I don't eat Greg's much as you'd think, to be fair. Most of my fucking weak Achilles heel is fucking um, biscuits and shit. Biscuits, chocolate bars. Those are usually my Achilles heel. I don't really, you know, go to Greg's as much. Um, but yeah, maybe a two or three. You know, I don't really go much as well. I've maybe been once in the last three years or something. It's not something that I go to all the time, but a pack of crisp, some biscuits, I would tear apart. But yeah, um, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. In the end, my conclusion in the end is that it's it's only strange because of the timing of their wedding and having a kid and shit. But you know, if they want to do what they want to do, I don't know. I really don't give a fuck, man. I'm 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 just so surprised to see how many people online were getting really agitated about it. It just made me um. I don't know, made me question how open-minded people actually are where they're getting kind of disturbed by all that. Let me just quickly take out my earrings because it's hurting with these flipping headphones. It's really flipping annoying me. Bear with me one second while I take these out. Ouch. Damn you. Yeah, that is not good. I need to, take, I need to get my ears. Have a break a little bit. Okay, cool. There we go. Oh. <laughs> Coiler, what the fuck is Greg's? It's July 4th. <laughs> Imagine having Greg's for fucking Independence Day. <laughs> that is really, really hilarious. Anyways, um, also, also moving on. Um, also moving on. So, this post courtesy of DJ Academics is interesting. Revolutionary Commission. In North America, nose piercing is a cuckold thing. Really? Okay. I didn't know that. Fair play. I guess I'm a C-U-C-K then. I was a double C-U-C-K a couple of weeks ago. Now I'm a one C-U-C-K. It is what it is. Um, as This postcard said DJ Academics has really made me laugh also. <laughs> what is with these guys? Andrew Tate, right? Being this kind of like alpha male icon hyper masculine shit what is the deal with these guys getting so affected 
by pictures like this so he getting annoyed that drake is basically painting his nails now and the caption tweet of his is there's a reason i deny meeting all famous people who try to meet me why do these guys seem to have such a visceral reaction to things like ponytails and you know nail polish and maybe a really eccentric you know sense of fashion why do these guys feel really i don't know inadequate threatened weird whenever someone does that it's super super strange isn't it i've never really understood that like if you're somebody that you know puts your hat on the flipping hyper masculinity flipping you know nub maybe this is a version of it like allowing yourself to kind of do what the hell you want um while still kind of you know you know being somewhat kind of certain and solid in your masculinity this is basically the the kind of you know the pinnacle of expressing yourself really in that regard i don't really understand um why these guys seem to be so bothered about it it's so strange you can say you don't like it cool but he's basically insinuating that drake's not man enough to meet him or something you know that he's a pussy or this whatever just because he gets his nail nails done it's a very strange logic especially when you consider most of these guys are like pussy hounds and shit one of the easiest ways especially with those guys that the girls that they're interested in to kind of riz up those girls is to kind of have a little bit of a sass in you with your nails post and shit because i've been martinez i used to play w a couple on the dl he let me do w e to his gf i think that's the problem everyone has as they put it out there I used to play with a couple on the DL. He let me do with a, with a girlfriend. And I think that's a problem everyone has. They put it out there. I don't really know what that means, Abe Martinez. But I'm assuming you mean everyone has an issue because they put their business out there more so. And they're reacting to it. Is that what you mean? In terms of Adam22 and Lena? I guess you mean that. But pick up you for the super chat, brother. I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, I don't really have an issue with this. I don't really give a fuck, personally. Um, let the guy rock if he thinks this is good for him it is what it is um but this whole idea about you don't meet famous people because what they're soft is really bizarre what can you do though man these guys are odd strange creatures so did you guys know that rick glassman has a new podcast how are you guys aware so just to give you an update i just checked this out because i've realized or seen that rick's got a new episode with brian callen but it looks like rick glassman's got a new episode a new podcast out at the moment called rick and esther have a time um this first episode just dropped five days ago so check it out if you are interested i know some of you guys in the chat like this esther girl so definitely give it a try if you do enjoy them personally it's not for me it's a little bit too caucasian for my liking to be honest the humor is not really something that i can kind of connect with personally but but i do like them individually as people they're really bubbly really funny clearly good hangs and whatnot but i'm just not about to sit there and hear them giggle and shit over i don't know um sweet green or something i mean or whatever they talk about i'm not really interested in that regard but check it out if you are interested it's called rick and esther have a time and also um it's been come to my attention that or been brought to my attention been come to my attention jesus christ i'm like brendan it's been brought to my attention that rick glassman on his main podcast take your shoes off has just had brian Callan on recently He's had Brian Callan on. The video isn't out yet from what I could check. Um, let me just double check it again on my phone. But I'm pretty sure last time I did check, the video wasn't out yet. So I'm not going to listen to the audio because that's boring. When the video drops, I'll do a little play-by-play -play and we can enjoy, 
enjoy enjoy watching it's going to be really really fun i cannot 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 wait to check that out when that comes out because i'm sure rick's gonna be on flipping brian's ass loads of inside jokes that brian isn't gonna understand and try to get right and we're gonna see it all play out in real bloody time next on list let's move on for this one i want to see this actually because um i haven't checked it out yet but big up um two ladies to try he's absolutely been smashing it lately with some of his videos and he put together this video that says how burt crashes tracy morgan's story destroys relationship with jay moore i remember the brief overall you know you know whatever of the story about how Bert and Jay Moore fell out if I'm not mistaken whenever Bert talks about a big comedian hating on him or not being a fan of his he's always usually relating to Jay Moore because I think there was a time when Jay Moore was far more successful and well known than Bert and he basically stunting on him and maybe a few of his friends a lot so now that they're all up they like to remind you know that Jay Moore guy, how much of a piece of shit he was. So um, that's kind of the general premise that I usually get from this. So let's just quickly check this out anyway. Um, this is Curtis, too lazy to try. Let's see what I'll go on with him. All right, so in this video, I'm going to be talking about Burt Kreischer's falling out with Jay Moore and how a story Burt told about Tracy Morgan caused it, even though I think either way, Burt probably would have eventually gotten fed up with Jay because... It sounds like it sucked working for him and he doesn't really have the best reputation. He's known for kind of being a jerk, but Bert was working with him for a while. He was his opener and he said they're pretty good friends with each other at the time, even though Bert had to put up with a lot and it sounded like Jay would treat him like he's below him. And he said one time he even made it clear that you're working for me, not with me. Bert talked about this a little bit on an episode of Tiger Belly from back in 2018 because Bobby Lee can kind of relate to the situation. You know, his relationship with Carlos Mencia was pretty similar and just like with Bobby and Carlos joke stealing accusations caused a rift in Jay and Bert's relationship as well and also as you'll see here in a second Joe Rogan of course played a big part in all this just like with the Bobby and Carlos stuff and I'll say Joe is like Ari was always his friend and and worked with him Tom was his friend and worked with him Joe was his friend and worked with him if you work with Joe Tony if you work with Joe you work with Joe yeah you go out to eat like I, I will say this I, I very candidly. Jay made it very clear to me one time that I worked for him, that I was his employee. Mm -hmm. And then, then there becomes this like weird loyalty where you're like, I don't want to f the boss's job because that's my job. Like it's not like it's we're weird. buddies because it's also and, and we were buddies. We were buddies. Also, we show business is intertwined in it. So you're dealing with now dreams are in the the fabric of the relationship. A part of me feels like Bert needed that though as well in his life. Imagine how insufferable and how annoying Bert is now. I think he kind of needed that kind of hum not even humbling. He maybe needed that kind of um he needed to meet somebody like Jay Moore early in his career to kind of give him some level of appreciation for what he's got now. Because he's insufferable and unbearable now. Imagine if he just got through comedy without meeting someone like a Jay Moore who reminded him of his position, kind of, you know, uh, bullied him in a certain way, um, stunned on him, flexed on him cons consistently, made him feel inadequate, bloody blah, blah, blah. That actually, I think, you know, somewhat made him bearable even though he's not he kind of did so we have to thank our lucky stars that he actually did cross paths with jay moore in a weird way what's good for the company is good for me yes yeah so it sounded like it sucked working for jay but then eventually burke got lucky and he met joe rogan and started doing his podcast and hanging out with his group of friends 
exactly space kai take him down a peg for sure because burt's already you know he he thought he was a superstar back then imagine now imagine well he, he thought he was a, he thinks the superstar sorry now imagine back then god almighty and he realized there are other opportunities out there and he didn't just need to be under jay's command to have a career you're like you know we're all trying to be your friend man and i was like no i got it i got it and you're like no like like jesus christ man look how skinny burt looks here fucking hell and you can tell that alcohol is really a bummer because his face is less puffy he's got less of the redness on his cheeks like god almighty and he's not even you know skinny by conventional you know wisdom but he looks way slimmer than he does now god almighty man you just kind of let <clears throat> us and i was like no i understand you're like no 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 that means like when we call you call us back and we i went yeah and you're like no i don't think you understand what you're saying you go me, Joey, Ari, Tommy, we're all trying to be your friend, Bert. Well, we have to tell you, I, want, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. So as I explain this, I'm going to be very careful. Okay. The reason why we're saying that, because we know you had been friends with a tyrant. Hey, <laughs> 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 you, you were fucking, you were shell-shocked. We're like, Bert, you, we're your real friends. We like you. We're not, we're not trying to tell you what to do or... Oh, Hasib, big up Hasib. I gotta watch the Burt movie, it's decent. Yeah, I've got it oh, actually downloaded um, from one of my good sites. I need to check it out. Probably gonna check it out over the weekend. But yeah, good. Thanks for the review. To be fair, I'm not surprised it, it is decent. I think my earlier estimation that Burt's movie was gonna do blockbuster numbers was obviously off my horrible hot take. But it wouldn't surprise me if it did decently on streaming. You know, of course, you don't spend 20 million to fucking make a movie that's only going to go on streaming services. But it wouldn't surprise me if it was good enough to be on streaming and be a decent enough watch to put on if you've got nothing else to check out. And it'll be a movie that you wouldn't turn off. You know, that's probably the best barometer of movies nowadays because most movies suck. So if you can get through a movie without wanting to turn it off, without wanting to walk out of the cinema for the most part, it's probably a success scream at you or belittle you we actually like you we're gonna bust your balls but we bust everyone busts everyone's balls that's oh, half the fun that is a but fucking i felt like you were like it. a beaten kid we're like jesus christ we gotta lighten this chrysler guy up i remember you guys call one saturday you go what are you doing i go i'm on the treadmill and you go nah come over to the ice house and i said oh, i'm good and i hung up right and then tommy called me back and tommy goes hey man you gotta let us try to be your friend. <laughs> so how Bert and Jay's relationship eventually ended is a crazy story that was caused because of a crazy story. Sometime in the mid late 2000s, Bert was still opening for Jay and he told Jay about this time he hung out with Tracy Morgan and it turned into one of the craziest nights of his life. And Jay thought the story was hilarious. So he told Bert to tell it on stage but Bert does a terrible Tracy Morgan impression. All right, yeah, okay, okay. Wouldn't even kiss her, put your arm in your own stank. So he didn't want to do it, but he told Jay to do it because Jay actually has a pretty good Tracy Morgan impression. So Jay told the story and it killed and Bert said he could keep doing it if he wanted to. And he continued because everybody loved it. But whenever he would tell it, he would say it happened to Bert. You know, he'd say my friend Bert, you know, my opener, this story happened to him. But obviously the story would work a lot better if it actually happened to Jay if he could tell it in first person it'd just be easier to tell and the audience would probably like it even more so after a while he did start telling the story like it happened to him and that's what eventually ended up causing a lot of problems for him but before i get into that i want to talk about the sponsor of this video 50 link below too lazy 50 and you get 50 percent off you like it happened to him not bert 
he eventually told it on Opie and Anthony, you know, a radio show, which I'd say is even worse than doing it in a stand-up act. And during it, he said this actually happened. It's a true story, which I guess it is, but it happened to Bert. But now I guess Jay's just going to claim it's his. Hey, a good Tracy story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> me and Tracy are at the Boston Comedy Club, and he comes up to me afterwards. He goes, yo, Jay Moores. I don't know why brothers always put an Comedians who steal jokes, I never understand it, man. I really don't. Because maybe, I don't know, maybe because I'm just, maybe because I've got a creative bone myself, I just couldn't imagine stealing somebody's content and just like using it as my own, just like stealing it, just kind of pretending that I did it and just like, it's so weird, especially when it comes to like jokes where there are like stories that are usually stuff that's happened to you that you may be embellished and stuff. It's such a bizarre thing to do, to lift someone's joke and just say it as your own. It really is bizarre. And if anything, I would be embarrassed because it shows you up because it means that you don't have an creative, imaginative bone in your body. You can't craft a joke. You can't dig deep into your psyche, into experiences, and pull something out that's interesting. You don't live an interesting life. That's what it would. That's what would worry me about stealing jokes. Less about getting caught, and more so about the signal of what it will send out. Like, oh, you're a joke thief. It's like, raw. So what? You don't live a good, interesting life and shit. Big up high def. Bert was struggling on Bobby Lee's podcast. Alcohol is affecting his mind. Can't string a sentence. Yeah, I saw a bit of that. Actually, I'm going to play a little bit of that later. Actually, um, he did. I think I think he definitely sobered up once he found out the stuff about his agent and Bobby's agent. That's for sure. <laughs> but big up, high def. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. That's at the end of my name. Oh shit! You that actor, Jay Moore's. <laughs> <laughs> Jay Moore's, you want to go get nice? So I go, yeah. So we go out down by like the fire station down there, and he pulls a, a big joint out, and he can't light. He's like, "Yo, big man, give me some shelter. Open your coat up for me." So I open up my coat, and he's bending down. Looks like he's blowing me, and he's like lighting a joint. <laughs> and he gives me, gives it to. He smokes like half up. This is a true story. He gives it to me, and I smoke it, and it feels like glasses going down my throat, and I vomit like instantly. And I go, "What? What the? F was that?" And he goes, "Oh, you never smoked PCP before. <laughs> you never smoked sherm. You didn't smell it." And then for like an hour, we're just walking around the village and we're like, we're punching cars. Like we're just walking <laughs> up and down. So I guess Jay Moore telling this story on Opie and Anthony is the equivalent of him telling the story on Joe Rogan, right? Because I guess Opie and Anthony was that big at that time. Jesus Christos. Yo, like, what's his face? That guy that looks like a lizard now. Like, he's aged terribly. And he's aged just as, I just realized that's that guy in it, right? That's, um, that's Opie, right? Him. Is that Opie? Or whatever. The one that's still got a show now. Well, I don't know what the fuck these guys' names are. Sorry, I'm from the UK. I don't know any of these people. But this guy is aged terribly, man. No, that's Anthony, right? That's that's Anthony. That's Anthony. Anthony Cumia. That's what I'm thinking of. He is aged terribly. I know this is a very old picture, but he doesn't even look like the same person. Like, legit. Like, he looks like he walked into a fucking acid bath or something. He looks horrendous. Like, legitimately one of the ugliest people I've seen in my entire life. But he actually looked pretty handsome back then. Like, what happened to him? Jesus Christos. Um, like, Waverly, just <laughs> punching out fucking cards. Like, you got What? Not funny says Bert made the story up. Doesn't matter who tells the, the lie. It's a story. Really? Is that true? No. Not funny. Are you for real? Did Bert make up that story about Tracy Morgan? 
I thought it was true. I thought I thought it was true because if I'm not mistaken, didn't Tracy Morgan fall out with Bert too over the story because he kept telling it everywhere? No, I didn't know it's not funny. I didn't know it's not flipping true. That's flipping broke my heart if that's true. I, I, God damn, I thought, I thought the story was legit. <laughs> Gotta get yourself a mercury. <laughs> so he takes me to that club life and he orders uh, Dom Perignon for like every woman in this place. So he gives out like 60 bottles of Dom Perignon. And I had just come from some bizarre gig, and I was wearing a suit, no tie, but like a suit. And uh, the waiter comes over and puts the check in front of me because he thinks I'm like Tracy's accountant. Uh, Tracy said it's a lie, so who knows? Oh, I swear I remember something happening where like Tracy Morgan said something to somebody like, oh, tell Bert to shut up about the fucking story or something. Oh, okay. John Valdez is saying Tracy denies it. That's why he's mad. Who knows who could be true or not? Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I think I may, I may be misremembering it then. Probably. Yeah, the, not funny. He's got a point. If you made up a story and then somebody takes your made up story and tells it on stage, can you be mad? Really? Should you be mad? Are you entitled to be mad? I don't know. I think there's something because I'm the only white guy in there. <laughs> Tracy goes, yo, what the f is that? That's racism. I'm the river in here. <laughs> Tracy's can shirt off and punches the waiter in the face. The waiter goes, ah, like feet up in the air. Out. Out, like gone. Like there was just some waiter, like putting a check down, just bow. And then the bouncers come out and they just start, and I run out of the club. Because I'm on PCP, I might have said it. Yeah. So I'm on the sidewalk, like just standing there, like I have no idea like how to behave alone on PCP. Because I've only had like this Batman and Robin relationship with my first PCP experience with Tracy. Mm -hmm. So I'm just standing on the sidewalk waiting. And then finally, they, you know, it's downstairs, that club. They grab my pants and his neck. Like he's, he's naked. He's got no shirt on. And they throw him up the steps. Oof. Like airborne and this is big tracy and he lands on the sidewalk this they, one he was big yeah and they throw his shirt at him and it lands on his head like a cartoon <laughs> and he stands up and he goes yeah that's how you get out of paying for the check James <laughs> <laughs> and he walks to the court street hold on hold on hold on this chat is going mad so is it is it the general consensus that most comedians lie about their stories do you all think they're all lies every story they tell in their bits do you not think there's no truth in them whatsoever I'm generally, maybe I'm so, honestly, I'm so fucking naive and gullible. <laughs> I legitimately think some of these stories are true. <laughs> oh, I feel like a fucking idiot. I feel like a fucking redact. Jesus Christ. Why would you tell, like, fake stories? I guess that's the point in it, right? To be funny. We just make up fake stories. Like, don't you live in interest? Like... If you're a comedian, I would assume, my, my impression would be, if you're a comedian and you're, you're an adult, you get to do what you want for the most part. You get to go to interesting places. You do gigs all over the world. You meet, a, you know, a range of people. You're out at night, which obviously, if I'm my opinion, nighttime, you, you, you get up into the most trouble and shit, right? <laughs> Natashki, AZ, we need you to have a little more discernment. <laughs> I've told you I'm a kid at heart. I'm fucking ten years old at heart. <laughs> Perfect crystalier age. <laughs> That's who I am. But uh, you know, I'm not Caucasian and I'm not a girl, so it doesn't help. But um nah man, honestly, I'm honestly surprised. I'm really kind of taken aback. I legitimately forgot all these guys' stories are true. <laughs> and they maybe sprinkle some salt on it to kind of spice it up, but I didn't think 
you know, they were completely just made up. That's crazy, man. Okay, cool. Well, you guys have ruined my Christmas. Subway and goes in it. <laughs> just walks down the street like the Incredible Hulk. Wow. Hey, shirt over his shoulder. <laughs> That's how you get out of fame for the check, Jay Moore. So it's a funny story, and it's funny hearing him do that impression and everything, but it's just weird to say this actually happened to you when it didn't. And Spoiler also alert. All the stories are fake. It's like, fuck. So it's probably weird for Tracy Morgan because even if Bert was telling it, he would deny it. But now the fact that somebody who wasn't even... So what are you guys trying to say? That Sebastian Masako has never been to Subway. He's never seen them do the whole, you know, his Subway bit. You tell me he's never been to Subway. Sebastian Masako. Come on, man. Don't don't say that to me. Don't say that. Part of this is telling it. He's probably so confused. And I don't think he wants somebody on a giant radio show talking about how he smoked PCP with him. And it's not even true. So this was just a bad look all around. And also during that time. Oh, fuck off. Fuck off, Quayla. Fuck off. He's telling me Sebastian Mascarac is not, not Italian. No. Now, now you're, now you guys are trolling me. No, 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 no. He's one of my favorites. Nope. I'm not having this. You're telling me he's not even Italian. Are you for real? No, no, I'm not having this one. You telling me he's not Italian? Let's see this. I'm checking this on Wikipedia right now. This is hurting my feelings. See, this is Italian. There. Italian. Born. Amamata, Chicago. Yeah, see? Fuck off, you guys. His mother, Rose Maniscalco, uh, was a secretary and her family origins are in Naples. Okay, at least... At least Sebastian tells the truth. <laughs> He's actually a t is a remote Catholic and at eight years old he was an altar boy. Um yeah, there we go. He's Italian. Simple as that. Fucking hell, you guys nearly fucking gave me a heart attack there, man. I was thinking, no way. Is Sebastian like I know the, the 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 tuxedo waistcoat thing was fake, but I didn't know the fucking subway story was fake. Like, come on man, you guys don't crush me like that. <laughs> don't ruin my Christmas. <laughs> please please tiger belly episode that i played earlier burr also talked about how this was his first time hearing jay tell the story in first person like it happened to him and bird said he was really disappointed but i don't know if he really said much to jay about it at the time because that was from back in 2009 that opie and anthony clip and i think bert and him were still kind of friends and bert might have still been working for him so he probably didn't want any problems but where things really started to go wrong is when bert made his first appearance on the joe rogan experience and at the end of the podcast he told the story which i'll get to here in a second but first i want to play the clip of bert talking about the first time he heard jay tell the story <laughs> oh, i'm still fucking sweating i was like no way it's sebastian not italian I was gonna. I thought I was gonna go Wikipedia and see like he was fucking Romanian or some shit. That would have crushed my heart. Or like he's like Serbian. He's got nothing to do with Italy whatsoever. He just loves the culture. He's just one of those. Uh, he's like Joey Diaz, right? Like he's like he kind of cosplays as Italian, but he's Cuban or something. I was like, oh, 
Are you on Opie and Anthony? Out about this, he told it on Opie and Anthony. He told it for the first time on Opie and Anthony. It was the first time I heard him say, this happened to me. It, it killed me. It really killed me. By the way, I don't mean anything negative about Jay. I'm just telling you stuff that happened. Jay's come a very far away in his life from this moment I'm talking about right now. And, and I'm a very far way away from this. I'm not slandering Jay. I, don't hope, I hope you don't see this. I'm just telling you two stories of two guys who were friends and worked with each other. Yeah. Just like you and Carlos. Yes. So it's just sharing. And so... Well, the first time I heard it, it broke my heart. That's it. Didn't it? Didn't I wasn't angry. I wasn't mad. I didn't feel betrayed. It broke my heart. I was like, "Oh, why would he do that that way?" Yeah. And then, and then, um, and then it, it got bigger. It got much bigger, and it's kind of spiraled out. And then I, I talked about it on Rogan's podcast, very candidly, like we're talking right now, yeah. where you don't realize people are listening. Yeah. I talked about it on Rogan's podcast. And the same thing that happened to you with Carlos happened to me, but directly with Jay. Of wow. like, of like, don't, like, why would you do that? Like, it was, it was really like a bizarre reality where like, he was panicky, he was losing his mind. I was. So I don't get in this story. Where? Why doesn't Bert admit he told Jay that he could tell the story? I don't understand this. I understand him getting annoyed after the fact when Jay Moore started to tell the story in his own voice. But why doesn't he ever admit, hey, I did make a mistake by telling him he could use the story and then it kind of, you know, it got a life of its own. Why is he trying to paint it out as if like he stole the joke without his knowledge? Maybe again, a lie for the a lie for the betterment of the story once again. I was I was doing what you did. We just were like, I'm being honest. Yeah. I don't know another way to be right now right. other than honest. And he, I, I, I can't say anything more of Jay's intent after that. Yeah. We stopped being friends. Wow. And, uh, but at the same time, that boss employee friendship is just unhealthy. So I think Jay and Bert were on pretty good terms up until early 2011 when Bert made his first appearance on the Joe Rogan Experience. And he told the Tracy Morgan story, I think for the first time publicly saying it actually happened to him and not Jay, which obviously caused a lot of problems because then Jay can't tell the story anymore and people could think he stole the story which I guess he kind of did. And I'm sure Bert knew Jay wasn't going to be happy with this, but I think Bert was starting to realize that he didn't need Jay as much anymore. Like earlier, it sounded like Bert would put up with whatever from Jay because first of all, I don't think he's very good at standing up for himself, but he also probably thought he needed Jay to help his career and he needed to support him and back him up and do what he says because that's going to be his best chance to become a successful comedian and have a career in Hollywood or something like that. But at this point, Bert, he was starting to get his own thing going and he went on Joe's podcast. It went really well. Joe's talking about how funny he is, how he's a great storyteller. He said it was one of his favorite podcasts. So by the end of it, Bert felt really comfortable and Joe asked him if he could tell the Tracy Morgan story because I think Joe and Bert talked about it a little bit off air before the podcast. So then at the end of it, Joe brought it up and Bert sounded like he had no problem telling it. But Bert does say right away that Jay tells this story in his act and it's all good. They have an agreement. He's not a joke thief. This is oh, one of the most shit. fun podcasts I've ever had. Me so this is before he goes on uh, Bobby Lee's podcast, right? Too, you know, thanks. and knowing that.
you enjoyed listening to it. Now you're on it, and you probably made one of the best ones we've ever had. Yeah, I, I, I won't listen to this one, but I can't wait. I can't wait. You can't tell the Tracy Morgan Morgan story. Can I can you? tell it. Yeah. You can tell it. Of course, please I can tell, tell it. the Tracy Morgan story. Okay, and we're, we're going to end on this. I'll preface this. I want to be safe and preface this that my buddy Jay Moore does tell this on stage. We have an agreement. He's my friend. He's not a thief. Okay, that's. I just want. I know that Jay is concerned about that, but he told me he's not telling the story anymore, and it did happen to me. So I don't give a. I mean. These guys are so pathetic, isn't it, really? Okay, you did PCP with Jay, with fucking Tracy Morgan. All right, whatever, isn't it? Like, funny story. But honestly, don't these guys live interesting lives enough where they could maybe have a few of these interactions a weekend? Surely you could, if you wanted to. If you really wanted to get naughty and get into the dark arts, as Fear Von would say, you could easily have a few of these stories every time you go on tour. Why are they so desperate to cling on to that one story they have it's like come on brother like really and truly like this is actually making them all look bad like doesn't does nothing happen in your life like really that this is the main thing you have to hold on to big up austin case i appreciate you is this an augusting her imposter there is no way as is this gullible Big up Austin Casey, thank you for the donation. But bro, you you guys are gonna learn a lot about me in these streams. One thing you're gonna learn about me is that I am very, very, very gullible, extremely so. To the point where you would actually start to question my overall, um, once even maturity levels, my uh, discernment actually, as Tashki said. You're going to start to realize that as these streams progress, you're going to start seeing like, this guy's a little bit redacted, isn't he? <laughs> it's just one of my things. I don't know why. I just got that thing in me where I can get duped really easily. I can get sold a fucking box, an iPhone box that I think is an iPhone, but actually it's got rocks inside it, you know? I'm that kind of guy. <laughs> I mean, this okay. is a true story. So this is a true story. It's a true story. So I was a young comic working in uh, at the Boston Comedy Club, working the door in New York, in New York in the used, village. Yeah, and I used to party with all the black comics because they well, because I don't. Cause, Why would you like to? Yeah. So then he goes, "Hey, you want to get high?" And I was like, "Yeah," because I'm a grown up. And so we walk around the corner, and he pulls out this rack of a joint, hands it to me, hits it, and he's like, "Oh, you never smoked Sherm before?" And I was like, "What?" And he's like, "Sherm, baby, Angel does PCP. You never smoked Sherm before?" And I'm like, and "I go, hey man, Tracy just gave me PCP." He's like, "Oh, oh, let me tell you something, Shorty. Uh, Tracy doesn't smoke PCP. He's not. He's gonna. He's just smoking pot. He's fucking with you though. He's just getting in your head." And I was like, no, I smoke PCP. I'm feeling weird. And he goes, and I think I'm on PCP. And I start ordering Heineken separately from this wreck of a bar tab he has. And so I'm getting Heineken's. And then the whole night goes through. It's kind of an interesting, bizarre experience. So she gives me the bill. And I see it. And I'm like, oh, I can't. And Tracy Morgan flips out. And he goes, you give it to him? He works the goddamn dough. He doesn't do anything. don't make any money. I'm the rich mother. I'm on TV. And the biggest fight I've ever been in just breaks out all over. People are fighting, jumping on it. And I think I'm on PCP. So I walk out to, on Houston and I start going, this isn't happening. This is imaginary. This is not real. People are flooding out left and right by the back of his neck and the seat of his pants just up onto the street. They put his shirt on him? No, up on the street, shirtless, laying at my feet on the sidewalk. Doors close. Second later, doors kick back open and Tracy's shirt comes out end over end and lands on his head and it's silent and we're looking at Tracy like, this is crazy. All of a sudden he looks up. Okay, 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 okay. I'm starting to see why you guys. I'm starting to see what you guys see now. 
I'm st- it, the penny is finally starting to drop. Why does this sound like a movie? <laughs> why does this sound like a movie? I know he's punching up on the podcast, but why does it play like a fucking movie? <laughs> All of these stories sound like movie scenes. <laughs> I'm sure it happened, right? There's an element that could happen, like the PCP thing. You bumped into fucking Tracy Morgan on a night out. He's high off PCP, offered you some PCP. But why does this sound like a legit Hollywood movie? Like, you know, Home Alone style, like movie. Like he's playing out all the, he's doing it, like he's describing the story like you would describe, um, Oh, what is it when you do when you when you're a movie when you storyboard a movie, right? That's how he's describing it. He's describing like a storyboard. That's what it kind of feels like. Like it's a little bit too much. You know, a little bit too much. A little bit too much kind of pepper on this is being added. Stands up, takes his shirt, snaps it, and he goes, Now that's how you get out of paying a check. (laughs) (laughs) Jay used to tell, I was telling you, Jay used to tell that story that had happened to me when we do stand up. And man, like people would be like, get out of here. But like, I don't know Tracy and I doubt he remembers the night. And I'm- Yeah, Zaki Natashki, every story is a blockbuster action film. Exactly. It's like, can't can't just a funny thing happen because it's a funny thing and that's it? Like, like, and you know how stories go in your head when you start telling them a lot, then you like shorten it. Yo, man, they, they look like different people, innit? Like Red Band looks like a different person, but kind of looks the same. Joe, Definitely looks different. If anything, Joe might look the oldest out of all of them nowadays, even though he's on TRT and he's really healthy, quote unquote. He actually maybe looks the oldest out of all of them. Maybe Redband, it looks a little bit. He looks way older than his age. Because how old is Brian Redband, actually? How old is Brian Redband? 48. Okay, maybe not too bad. You know, he's he's had his fun in life, so maybe forty eight is not too shabby to be fair. And I think Joe's the same, isn't it, right? Joe's probably fifty two, right? How old is Joe Rogan? Fifty five. Okay, not too bad then. That makes complete sense. And then Bert's what? Fifth Bert's in between them, right? I think Bert might be in between them in age. Okay, Bert okay. Bert's uh yeah, Bert's basically in between them. Bert's fifty. But it's 50 years old, you know. That's pretty crazy, to be fair. And tighten it and yeah, punch it. Yeah. And I've been telling that to comics for like 12 years. <laughs> Natashki, Joe looks like a cool 70 at least. <laughs> Ever since that happened. I was a stand-up doing stand-up for like two months. That's hilarious. Now, you weren't on PCP. You just thought you were. I wasn't on PCP. I, I don't know. I was, I was, was tr- probably strong weed. Probably strong weed. I doubt Tracy smokes PCP. I've heard him on NPR interviews saying he's never done drugs. And I can, I mean, I don't know. He's never done drugs. He said on NPR. PCP is something that you would probably tell the person, even if you were a PCP yeah. user. And, and the funny thing is, I'm sure most people believe Burr probably made this story up to begin with. Like Tracy claimed it never happened, but who knows? So after this, Burr also told it on stage around this time. I don't know if it's before or after this, 
But then Jay started getting really pissed off. And then they did a podcast together to clear things up. And this is kind of like Bert's version of the video that Bobby Lee made to defend and support Carlos Mencia during all the joke theft stuff. Like during this podcast, you could tell Jay just wants Bert to talk about how he said it was okay for Jay to use the joke. They had an agreement and Jay asked for permission to switch it to being in first person and Bert said okay. You know, Jay's just trying to do whatever he can to clear his name from the joke theft accusations. And it's hard to figure out who's telling the truth here because as I showed earlier, Bert on the Tiger Belly episode was saying once he heard on Open Anthony, he's really disappointed and that hurt him. But here, Jay claims that he asked Bert for permission and Bert was fine with it and he never had any problems with it. So it's hard to tell if Bert's just being pressured into being okay with it and he really had a problem with it. Or he never really cared if Jay said it or told it in the first person or told it on Opie and Anthony. And then Joe kind of convinced him that Jay was stealing this joke from him. Because after this, when Bert goes back on Joe's podcast, they talk about this even more, which we'll get to here. But first, I want to play the podcast where Bert and Jay are trying to mitigate some of the joke theft accusations. And also around this time, like I said, Bert told the story on stage as well. So from my interpretation, it feels a little bit like Bert basically to get his revenge on Jay just let the story run that Jay stole his joke, the Tracy Morgan story. That's what it feels like. Because it sounds like they did have an agreement beforehand that Jay could tell the story on stage. Obviously, Jay then went a step further and started to tell it from his perspective like it happened to him. But it feels like Bert didn't want to try to clear up or to, you know, give any, you know, I don't know, give Jay any rope whatsoever and just kind of let him hang himself maybe that looks that's what it kind of sounds like he didn't really want him to you know quote unquote have any sort of exit route out of there maybe so jay is really pissed at him i <clears throat> yeah all seven dirty said maybe burt caught burt caught feelings when he heard opie nanon yeah that's true i've been telling i don't tell the story anymore on stage i used to tell a story about me and tracy morgan smoking pcp and going to a club <laughs> an all-black club and that's how you get out of paying for the check jay moors <laughs> and bert i was so pissed off at bert because bert this that entire story happened to bert essentially everyone that thinks i steal goes told you but i i prefaced the story by saying i said at the beginning i said because the story was about the story was about uh getting f***ed up with a celebrity or the the evening was or yeah. something to that effect and it was fit in perfect jesus christ but his voice changed a lot in it fuck me and i said i said listen my friend i don't even i don't think i even said your name but i said i have a friend who tells this story and i know he tells this story and he's my friend and i do not tell this story on stage but there's a different venue i'm going to tell it now right. but i just want everyone to know but actually sounds like he went to a private school in this podcast episode more so nowadays you can actually tell he comes from privilege hearing the sound of his voice right you actually tell he used to wear like two polo raffler Ren shirts on you know on top of each other kind of thing with the collar up oh that if you do hear someone else telling it and and everyone knew like ari shafir was like so jay's your friend i go yeah and he goes okay totally fine here's the thing bert told me the tracy morgan smoking pcp story and it was one of the – I'm telling you, Burt Kreischer, if you get a chance to see him do stand-up comedy, you have to go. He's ridiculously funny. Empty platitudes. I love a good comedian empty platitude. You should see this guy. You should see this girl. They're a murderer. They're a killer. They're a destroyer. Deep down, 
all of these comedians hate each other. They don't want to see any, any, you know, they don't want to see each other win. They don't want to see each other sell out. They want to crush each other. They want to sell more tickets. They want to make more money. They want to have more specials than the next person. It's funny when they do this whole like empty platitudes. I want to support my friend type of thing. They don't fucking care. Bert tells me the Tracy Morgan PCP story. And I go, you have to do that on stage. Yes. And Bert says, I can't because I'm not even in the realm of near the ballpark of doing a Tracy Morgan impression. I said that. And, and I then said, you said, and I said, you do it I said, tonight. This, this is exactly what I would happen. We were in San Francisco. I told you a story. And, she, and Nikki was like, you got to tell that story. I go, I, I can't. I go, two things. I can't do a Tracy We're going to get everybody pregnant, Bert. <laughs> I go, I can't do a Tracy Morgan impression. And I go, and secondly, I don't know Tracy Morgan. I never met the guy. I met him one time. And that this and was the time. That was the one time. And I go, what? if I go out and tell the story, I doubt Tracy will remember it. I do, I don't know if Tracy will remember it happening. In all fairness, you 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 told me to tell the story, right? I don't I don't remember it. that night. I think I think you did tell it. I was like, you tell it on stage, right? That's and all then, I needed the yeah. listeners to know. Yeah. Is like, yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Said so then and then <laughs> and tell, then you, you called me like and the next annihilated. the next weekend. Tommy Segura called me and he goes he goes Jay just told the Tracy Morgan story. He had to tell it twice. I go what. He's like, he had to tell it twice. We're at a theater. He told it one time. Yes, that's a really good question, Keith. Why would, it, why would he help him do the Tracy? Exactly. Why wouldn't Jay just help him do the impression instead? All of this stuff. It's very strange. And at the end of the show, everyone was told, everyone's yelling, tell the Tracy Morgan yeah. story. So now and, I'm, Jay, and, Jay, and Jay's like, I've already told it. And they're like, tell it again. Yeah. So then Jay called it's me. It's Freebird. Jay called me. I was at a Bucks game. I'll never forget. And you go, I, so I, I'm, I want that story. And you're like, because Jay and I would would share, I would say share liberally with each other on stage. Yeah. Like if if he said something of mine in my act when we were touring together, it was never like uh, there was never there was never like a stealing thing with us. And I told it once, but but that's a perfect example of a story that I could tell that is very funny. It's got a great ending, but it, I never felt like the meat was there. I could never tell it on stage. I still can't tell. it I on don't stage. tell it anymore because once it hit the internet. That, um, you know, like the Opie and Anthony crowd, and those yeah. are the biggest, I'm just going to say it, those are the biggest that walk <laughs> the earth, are those quote-unquote fans. And what you don't realize is your favorite radio show has a message board where everyone goes on it to shit on your favorite radio show. Like uh, they. Yeah. Oh, this sounds like Reddit, isn't it? This sounds like Reddit, but these are obviously forums. This sounds a lot like Reddit. Listen to the show, and then they immediately go on the internet and go, yeah, that was kind of whack. You know, what's up with Anthony's hair? Opie is not, he's the least funny one of the whole crew. And why is Jimmy so angry? Don't you think Patrice should be there instead of Jimmy? Like, these people are crazy. So when once they got... These are fans, by the way. Comedians have always had a very adversarial relationship with fucking their fans online. It's really interesting to me because it feels like to me, some of these guys, they just want fans who just turn up to shows they pay money, they don't talk to them and leave them alone. That's what they actually want. They don't actually want fans to, you know, interact, to critique what they do, you know, share their opinions of what they do, whatever it may be. They just want really passive fans who always have their wallet ready. That's all they want, really. Hold of, that's not even Jay's story. He stole that shit from Bert. I know yeah. you just established, I didn't steal it from you. I asked you yeah. permission to do it because yeah. it's too crazy a story. And it's a you story that can't die on the vine. Right. It can't just be a story that never lands. Yeah. Uh, but once people started doing, uh, you know, that's once people knew that's what happened to you and you want, I had to take it out of the act because I was so self-conscious telling it. 
that someone in the audience yeah, would go. Right. Yeah. That happened to Bert, not you. And plus, you want to know the funny thing? The entire time, like the two years I told that story, my wife would go, you have to say that happened to Bert. You really? can't. Well, she's the voice of reason. She's yeah. the reason I, the Tupac. But it makes it shorter that's, and easier. She's the reason that. It's when you go, I know you guys all know this person, but this happened to a friend of mine. But I don't, in hindsight, I would have liked to kept, I would have liked to have found out on my own if that was the case because I'd still be telling the story. Yeah. Now I realized I don't need, I've talked to Tracy enough and had conversations. I've been in fistfights alongside Tracy at the Melrose Improv. Yeah. Uh, where I could tell that story, or what I do when I, yeah. I do my CSI chunk, I replace, I switch David. Cruz. Anyway, you get the gist of it. I'm not gonna play the whole entire thing, but big up to ladies to try. He's been absolutely smashing it lately. Um, loads of really good videos to check out on his channel. So check out the whole thing. There is called Halbert Crisis, Tracy Morgan story, destroyed relationship with Jay Moore. You can check it out in your own time if you so please. Next. Next, we have this to talk about before we continue, right? Um, I've just found out because I was just checking some Logan Paul stuff. Bloody hell, man. When did uh, Philip DeFranco get skinny? He's lost a bunch of weight, got himself with some new teeth and a new haircut. Did he recently get divorced or something? Or is this just like him decided to get his life in order? He looks really good here, to be fair. You know? Or am I, or am I guessing? He looks really good. I just double-checked it. And this is what I saw when I was Googling, you know, Logan Paul. I saw him pop up on my feed and he looks kind of decent here, doesn't he? To be completely fair. Well, for like, you know, for Philip DeFranco looking wise. <laughs> what? <laughs> Brandon says. <laughs> I'm not going to repeat that. I'm so gullible. I probably think it's true. But okay, Space Guy, really good as a stretch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's that? What's that thing he does? Good afternoon. What's that thing he does? He does something. What's that thing he does? At the beginning of the show, right? I fucking hate it so much, man. Everyone's got their scarf. The was gonna fall for that one. Yes, it Uche. Yes, some beautiful bastards. Fucking beautiful bastards. Fuck off, man. But yeah, anyway, um, he looks good. So big up him for looking good. I really do appreciate him for looking good. So big up, um, Philip DeFranco. Moving on from Big P, let's talk about some other shit here. Oh, we got to talk about this. Can we speak? No, actually, actually, let's move on. Let's move on because I wanna. I gotta get some other things off my chest first. No cap. So. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, let's talk about this. So let's go for the, let's go for the thumbnail, right? So let's talk about a bit about Eric Griffin. <laughs> ah, this Eric Griffin thing has been interesting to watch, right? He's been fucking trolled way better than I get trolled, to be fair. If, if I'm gullible, you know, Eric Griffin is like, you know, gullible with a capital G, mate. He's on another level. So he somehow got flipping trolled into, you know, um, having to defend 
his wife for working at fucking Target, which is fucking dumb, dumb, right? But, you know, his wife decided to go on Instagram Live and get a little bit chatty, and she revealed that she works at Target, and then that then, you know, got a leg of its own. Then people started talking about it. Then it reached Red Bar, and then Red Bar does what Red Bar does and fucking played him like an absolute fiddle. And then here's fucking Eric Griffin, defending his wife's right to have a job it's fucking horrendous because in the process he also inadvertently reveals that fucking rachel pays for the studio or something through target so bizarre so this is guy is meant to be like a world-renowned comic he's been on tv he's been on all the big podcasts as bread bar said he's friends with everybody right he's had the good fortune of essentially getting in on the comedy stand-up scene or even podcasting scene early before most people did and he still hasn't been able to put himself in a position where he can look after his partner or at least you know pay his own bills for his own studio but from what he said he kind of cuts himself off in a bit he basically revealed in a roundabout way that rachel's job pays for the studio or something like very very odd and bizarre kind of behavior but again nothing to be surprised about when it comes to these professional comics because they're essentially like adult babies really you know, they haven't really grown up they've all got peter pan syndrome but let's see um eric griffin defend his <laughs> defending his um his wife's right to have a job i think it might be this one actually is it this one no it's this one no, it's this one it's this one yeah it's this one my phone or my ipad so the universe is pretty connected i, I really uh, actually let me put the I thing really down love that so what's going it. on i don't know what i want to talk about i don't normally like talking <laughs> about this kind of stuff but i just thought it was actually <laughs> he got played so it easily actually, it's actually kind of funny so i kind of want to talk about it Hold stuff, on. So, sorry sorry was... you know you know he's being sassy and it's hurting his feelings right you know he's being <laughs> brandon she has to sleep with him and works at target yo red bar's ripping of him was so good what did red bar say he's like he was like oh um what did red bar say no, Red Bar basically said, oh, we thought you had money. That's why Rachel was with you. Now we find out you have no money and she has to work at Starbucks. Like, what the fuck is she with you for? Like, I was like, Jesus Christ, Red Bar, it's too much. Why is she with you if you have no money? <laughs> oh, Anyway, let's watch it. It's actually, it's actually kind of funny. So I kind of want to talk about it. So this bit is definitely, you know, when somebody's pretending like they're not affected and it's really hurting their feelings, this is definitely it. This is kind of funny. Like, I'm not really bothered about it. I would, don't really want to talk about it, but, you know, you guys have made me do it. I don't really care. You know, that kind of stuff. This kind of stuff. But I just thought it was actually, it's actually kind of funny. funny. So I kind of want to talk <laughs> about it. Even though I know what you guys are going to say. Some of you guys could be like, Griffin, don't read comments. Forget the trolls. But this... Why does he always? Why do they always do this? Why do they when they read commenters voice when they read when they do an impersonation of a commenter they are always like a bit redacted? Why is it? Because if anything, doesn't that make it seem as if their fans are redacted? Then in a way, you know, the people watching you are your fans. The people commenting on it are your fans. But then your fans always get the uh, 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 treatment. So you're calling all your fans redacted. Is that what you're doing? To like, to what to cope and make yourself feel better about yourself like weird. This is just a funny. It's just it's funny to me. So 
Rachel's watching TV a few weeks back, and she's watching some movie. Whose TV is she watching? That's the most important question. Whose TV is she watching? Your TV or her TV? (laughs) Who pays for the TV? (laughs) Honestly, man, I I can't believe it, man. I can't believe it. This guy's got like anyway. This uh, no, this is right. And I don't normally talk about this, but she talked about it. So I said, okay, fine. If you want to talk about, it, we talk about it. You know. So she's watching a movie that she goes on Instagram and makes a video, and she says, on the video, on the movie she's watching, the girl works at Target. So Rachel in her video, she's like, yeah, I relate to her because I work at Target. So I don't talk about this. And you're hearing Rachel try to describe. The plot of the OC. <laughs> Yo, it's a good thing she was born with looks because fucking hell. <laughs> Bless that young lady, but like, oh, yeah, <laughs> it was a lot. That's <laughs> a lot, but Rachel works at Target. <laughs> she's worked at Target for years. Um, she's actually a visual, she's actually the visual <laughs> merchandiser. Why would you say this shit? Honestly, he got played so easily. Visual merchandiser. So she's a VM. We all know what VMs are, mate. Like we've all worked in stores. I've worked in stores. There was a period in time actually when you're like under the age of like twenty five or maybe even nineteen, and you work at the first store. There are there was a time when you looked at the visual merchandiser job as something to kind of like reach for. It was like the pinnacle because those guys got to like come in kind of at their own hours. They got to chat. They got to kind of, you know, be RE and do creative stuff on the window and whatnot on the merchandisers. Like you kind of felt jealous if you ever worked in a fashion store, retail store, whatever, and you had a visual merchandiser come in or team, you'd always feel a little bit jealous that you didn't have that job. But then obviously, once you get older and you start actually making some decent money or working a decent job, you realize that a VM is not that far off from being a sales associate, really and truly. It's just a different type of a sales associate, but it's not really that high up in any way, shape or form. Um, the actual the actual good role to have if you're in retail is being like an area manager. That's when you can start making some really good money. You can start traveling the world and stuff. Like I know certain people that I worked with in stores who started off as stockroom people and then worked their way up and became area managers of like huge department stores. And they manage like Europe. They manage North America. Like they go to like conferences. They go to meetings. They have to fucking be in charge of you know choosing the fixtures and fittings for new stores like it gets crazy but if you're just a vm at one store essentially it's nothing you know it's not too far from you know basically being a stockroom assistant it's not really that luxurious but eric is trying to you know trying to jazz it up a little bit jesus christ man for one of the stores uh she always wanted to go individual merchandising because it's (laughs) what kind of dreams and aspirations does this woman have she's getting into retail at what what how old is she like fucking hell mate there's something that you do when you're young and have no money or if you have no skills and you just want to make money to pay rent you don't get into it as like a passion thing like this is so bizarre this is definitely the most la thing i've heard in my life It's like when you're, a, it's like it's like fashion and art and that kind of thing. So then, you know, you're the she's art. <laughs> a target visual merchandiser is not artistic. 
please stop please the one like sets up the displays and puts things where they're supposed to go and there's only one visual merchandiser for each store Ooh, <laughs> how many managers do they have in each target store 17 come on man this fucking guy <laughs> <This> one... <laughs> you know what is funny though you know what is funny i wonder how the contrast works in the studio because Brendan's got a wife that lives at home, stay-at-home mum, doesn't work, doesn't lift a finger to even try to work, but is always dressed in designer clothes, drives expensive cars and stuff, and they have a million kids, right? So I wonder, if you're Eric Griffin, do you feel inadequate compared to Brendan, or are you proud that your wife has got a job? I wonder what his thinking is. Is his dream to eventually have his wife be like Brendan's wife? stays at home and just you know and 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 acts pretty for you know and just is pretty for a living or does he want his wife to be like a executive or something i wonder you know and then she's getting her experience at target to if she, if she wants to to go <laughs> and do it at um <laughs> walgreens <laughs> where is she gonna take this invaluable experience of doing visual merchandising for target the world is her oyster right (laughs) honestly man this honestly reminds me of like my time in retail i spent a long time in retail i spent like five plus years in retail i went from working part-time on the weekends to working full-time to becoming a fucking supervisor with the keys and shit and make you know writing people's rotors and approving people's holiday and being an actual fucking leader at a really young age right so i did all that shit and i know what this whole shit is like i know how like gassed up and full of shit people can be in that world they love to fucking gas up their roles make it seem like they're more than what they are and they also just like to they also just like to just chat complete absolute shit it's it's weirdly enough a place for a lot of people who have peter pan syndrome if you don't really want to grow up retail is usually a good place to be to be fair because you meet a lot of people who are kind of figuring shit out they're passing by would you call them transient workers I wonder if they're transient, but you know what I mean? Like a lot of people who are just like, I don't know, maybe you get fired from your your actual job and then you want to make some money on the side. So you work retail for six months until you get another job. You know what I mean? So you have a lot of those people. So um, <laughs> trans workers. <laughs> oh, she's an artist. Don't hate. Oh, my God, man other stores i like you know neiman marcus or some fa- you know fancier brand or something like neiman marcus target and neiman marcus is a hell of a leap to be fair especially when you consider the brands that are sold in neiman marcus if i'm a neiman marcus at you know recruiter or fucking manager or something i'm not fucking looking for somebody who has a cv experience of working in target come on come on really Target VM is probably, to be a Target VM, you probably have to, you have to do is read a book. There's probably a folder you get given that tells you how to dress the mannequins. You can't do this, you can do that, you can do this, you can't do that. Like, what artistic stuff are you actually doing anyway? Like, what? 
<laughs> you style the slacks in a certain way. Like, what, what did she do? <laughs> you put the bucket hat on the kid backwards or upside down. Like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> on the kid, man, the kid. <sighs> like that. But, you know, Target's a great store. It's got great uh, benefits. And it's easy. <laughs> it's got great benefits. <laughs> Honestly, look at that face. Yo. Rachel must really love this guy, though, to be fair. Of all the comedians that she could have had, in terms of Callan, who's going to pay for your way, Brendan's going to pay your way, there's many comedians out there who are going to, you know, who are going to ball out on their girls so that they can go on road and do what they want. And then you've got Eric here, you know, in front of his green screen, talking about the fucking benefits <laughs> and calling you an artist. She's a real Tracy Emin, right? <laughs> Fuck off. She enjoys doing it. Uh, she don't got to do it. She do it. She don't got to do it, really? So you could you could support Rachel on King and the Sting salary in this podcast really press expert out on that one she wants to do it you know she wants her own money wants her own thing you know so anyway <laughs> it's funny so then there's this troll who's like say his name say his name dude what why is your girl why do you have your girl working at target <laughs> The impression he does of other guys is fucking hilarious. They always, they always sound like Giga Chads, right? But he sounds so sophisticated. <laughs> right? And I just thought it was like, and then he made some video or something like that. And then like Rachel saw it, tagged her or something like that. So she's, we're, we're sitting on the couch laughing about it. Cause she's like, she's like, oh, so oh, I, I'm not allowed to have my own career. I'm not allowed to want to, have my own profession and do what I want to do. Like, what am I supposed to do? And it's just like, it's, it's just, that's such a, a weird mentality, but that's, that's what's out there in the universe. You know, you know what I mean? So <laughs> Niggas talking about universe. He got tricked out of position so easily. Man. So it's just funny that all that I've dealt with when it comes to Rachel on this, on the podcast and the comments attacking me all the time. So first, they're attacking me. These guys are so sensitive. It's unreal. And it's funny too because this is just one person. Redbar did this. One person. Most people love them together. Always leaving really nice comments about Rachel. Nice comments about Eric. They love their relationship. They love how they come. Like if you go on his channel, I'm pretty sure the videos with him and Rachel are the ones that actually got the highest views and the engagement if you go through the comments people love them together so there's only one person out there red bar who decided to poke the hornet's nest and he's reacting like this and acting as if like everybody's out again everybody's out to get them everybody's rooting against them doesn't want him to succeed thinks he doesn't deserve her. it's like no it's beyond that's not even close to what's actually happening you're just reading way too much into the hate and looking at that as representative of how everyone feels about you, and it's not the case. You guys are like, she's a gold digger. You know, that's that's the first thing they say. You know, they'll be like, oh, man, you know the only reason why she's with you, right? Even though she's had a job <laughs> for a long-ass time, you know? <laughs> Pays for a lot of... 
Like she's she's hey see for see, a look. long ass time, you know, pays for a lot of like she's she's the one that gets all our, our like it doesn't matter what she uses. Oh, Eric, man, what are you doing? He inadvertently revealed that his his wife pays for the studio. Like he can't even finance it himself off the whatever money he makes on AdSense or whatever. He has to fucking have his wife who works on nine to five pay for that. Honestly, some of you guys out there are lucky. Some of you guys there are really lucky. If you kind of deal with white ladies who allow you to chase your dreams, right? While they work a nine to five and you use that money that they work really hard for to pay for your microphones <laughs> and your green screens and cameras because I can't, I don't have that luxury. I really don't have that luxury. Some of the ladies I deal with, they would not have that. They would not have that in the slightest. There's no way that they're going to accept me taking money out of their paycheck to pay for my hobbies and interests. That is insane. He is so flipping fortunate that he deals with somebody that clearly loves him to the point where she's willing to fucking fund his life while she works a fucking nine to five. Can you imagine how gruesome that must be? God almighty. You know, and again, she don't got to work. I always tell her. Why is he trying to cope in life? Or, of course she has to work. You, you got a household. You got you got to maintain the household. You may be starting a family soon as well. It's like, of course she has to work. Come on, don't lie. If there's any nonsense at work, you can just walk out of there. So if you want to leave, leave. Now he's balling, right? Now he's trying to floss. Now he's trying to stunt. <laughs> yeah, those headphones. <laughs> those headphones are definitely giving uh, I can get you whatever you want babe <laughs> you probably got them from Target as well staff discounts <laughs> he gets his own card he got scanned oh fucking no Eric man oh Jesus Christ but if you don't, you know, keep it. And then, you know, anyways, my point is, it's just a mat like the lonely souls out there <laughs> that think it's an insult to ask me, hey, bro, why is your girl working at Target? Why do they have to be lonely souls? Why can't they just be people that are just curious to find out why you seem to be the one comedian in your own circle that has a partner who has to work? Isn't it a logical question to ask, especially considering how early he started and the fact that he's friends with everybody in the scene? Why is why is it that he's now in the stage of his career where he's incapable of looking after financially his partner? He doesn't have to answer the question, but people can ask the question, right? It's no one's business to begin with. You can say, go fuck yourself. It's not in your business. But also people, you know, have a right to ask the question without it being mean-spirited, without being, you know, trying to get under his skin, just generally wondering, like, how is it possible that you don't have the ability to do this full-time and to look after somebody? What, what's going on here? <laughs> because she likes making money. Because <laughs> she, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's what she likes to do. So I'm just saying, like, all of y'all, you know, if any my of, the, of the two or three ladies that are watching this show, this show regularly, and I appreciate you guys. 
you know, don't let dudes like this make you feel like any which way. Whatever job you guys have, whatever, you know, people can disrespect it all they want. All it is is like if you have purpose, if you feel like you are doing something worthwhile for yourself, don't let anybody make you feel bad about it, you know? I don't feel bad about it. I don't didn't normally <laughs> Yeah, sure. Talk about it because it's like, you know, you don't want people walking around Target now like, oh, is that is that oh shit, is that it? The fucking ego in this fucking guy. He thinks people are gonna go to Target looking for his wife. That they're even gonna recognize what she looks like in the sea of Caucasian people that work in these kind of places, she's gonna stand out. Or that people care enough to go and search for which one she works at. The fucking hubris on this guy. Yeah, Eric Griffin's wife over there. Well, you know, it's like that becomes a situation. So it's one of the reasons. But the only reason why I talk about it now is because what now she talked about. Are they moving her? They're moving her to another fucking um, target. Like she's in witness protection. <laughs> they gotta find another target safe house for her to work in. They've been inundated with too many demands. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, man. So, and it's like no, no embarrassment at all. It's just more about like just being private, you know what I mean. But anyways, I'm proud of my my lady. You know, if that's what she wants to do, I support her in her journey. Slay, motherfucker. But to be fair, to be fair, there's nothing wrong with her working in Target. We know this. Um, if I had to choose. I'd much rather have my partner do what his his wife is doing, working at Target, than have Brendan Shaw's wife because Brendan Shaw's wife, like, that's a lot to deal with. In what, in some ways, Brendan Shaw's wife is a bit motivational because she's got such expensive taste. It's gonna drive you to keep hustling, to keep the lights on because you know she's she's got Birkins. There's no way she's gonna accept having a coach bag. Do you know what I mean? She rocks a Birkin as like a normal ready to, you know, everyday bag. She's not going to go down to coach. She drives Lamborghini trucks. She's not going to be okay with a Prius. So maybe having a girl like that keeps you grounding, you know, keeps you hustling. But, but it's also a nightmare in itself. You know what I mean? It's also a huge nightmare in itself. But which is why I say I probably would prefer, you know, somebody that did work at target over someone that just stayed at home and just chilled because that would be an absolute nightmare an absolute nightmare <laughs> to be fair but yeah big up eric griffin i guess he's holding down the fort and trying to be a good good husband in Africa. <laughs> oh mate one absolute donut one episode done. Anyway, moving on from that one, let's talk about this. Where is it? Where can I find it? Um, where is it? 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 Yeah, this is the one. Where is it? Have I got it? Nope, I haven't got it. Where is it? Come on. Yeah, I went to rewatch this again because I'm still surprised, right? For me, personally, when the whole Brian Callen stuff went down and he got accused of rape, it really did surprise me that he didn't come out more um, firmly and clearer and try to provide proof as to kind of counteract some of the allegations because it felt like at the time those allegations came out, Brian's career was finally starting to kind of pop. 
he was finally starting to get some sort of momentum behind him, right? From the Goldbergs to school to the little Joker cameo. He was meant to be in Joker 2 also before obviously everything went down. It felt like he was finally starting to get some motion. So if it, if it was me and I was accused of what he was accused of, knowing all the work he put in, I would have fought tooth and nail to make sure I cleared my name. But this is the first thing he did to clear his name, right? <laughs> this video is still legendary all these years after. This is what he thought would be adequate enough to fucking clear him of those heinous allegations. Buddy, Brian Callen here. You know, when you're in a situation like I am, uh, you get a lot of advice from a lot of different Look people. Look how black his eyes are. Like, his eyes are so black. There's, like, nothing there. It feels kind of spooky, to be fair. You know what I mean? Like, you're sp- there, like what's that quote um you stare long enough into the abyss the abyss stares back into you that's essentially what he is jesus you know when you're in a situation and the stares in the background utterly metaphorically um you know correct right only going down only one way like i am uh, you get a lot of advice from a lot of different people and it usually falls into two different categories either they tell you to post a statement and disappear or they say lay low and let the news cycle pass you by <laughs> well for better or for worse i'm not doing any of that i never thought in a million years that i'd be sitting here defending myself against something i did not do <laughs> the eyes honestly the eyes man the eyes the face <laughs> that i'd be sitting here defending myself against something i did not do 21 years ago the over enunciation is always a little bit of a tell that somebody's a bit of a creeper isn't it that or maybe he took a couple of pills i don't know but that over enunciation yeah is really interesting so this is me saying that i categorically and absolutely deny all the allegations against me why didn't he provide like a counter narrative he just said he denies everything he didn't try and explain everything nothing i just deny it Trust me, bro. Okay. I wanted you to see me say that. I didn't want to post some stale statement. I wanted you to hear that come out of my mouth. <laughs> I have been characterized Pause. as someone that no one, no one who knows me, not my friends, not my family, not my fans would ever recognize. And that's because that's not who I am. That is not what I, that's not something I. Yeah, we got all these accounts of you actually being the same person. I could do those are things not never the things that I could I couldn't do. Those are not things that I would uh, ever. Uh, oh, 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 oh. I could do those are things not never the things that I could I couldn't do. Those. Are, <laughs> <laughs> and slip there. Not things that I would ever do. That is not how I have ever lived my life. And by the way, this is not this is not a video about cancel culture. That this is not a video. It's certainly not a video about the me. Oh yeah, do you remember that? He's what he said about cancel culture. He said cancel culture's gonna muck or something. He tried to blame cancel culture for being accused of rape. Legit, legit psychotic behavior. Two movement. I I happen to believe, and it's taken me to be completely honest. It's taken me a while to come to this conclusion to understand this. I believe that the Me Too movement is one of the most important movements of my lifetime <laughs> because for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most important movement of my lifetime all right mate yeah sure it is oh brilliant man in history it gives women recourse against the abuse of power 
and that makes the world a better place. And that is not a political statement. That's just fair play. And I believe in fair play, but I also believe in due process. And we live in a very strange time where anybody can make an allegation against you and you are guilty until proven innocent. But you didn't provide any evidence to counteract what those girls said. Zero, nothing, no counter narrative, zero. You just categorically denied it and that was it. What a bizarre move. I still don't understand why he did that to be fair. It, it's just Unless the fact that- so he actually did it. That's the only thing. And his conscience couldn't allow him to come out and try vehemently and deny it because you know he did it. Social media and the press alone can act as judge, jury, and executioner. And I don't think that's good for anybody. And by the way, I don't know how to fix that. I don't know how to fix that. I, I don't think anybody in particular is even to blame. But when something like this happens, this is pretty much the only way you can defend yourself. So this is me standing... Actually, I didn't realize that. Yeah, his eyebrows don't move, innit? His eyebrows don't move entirely the whole time. It's just, they're just there. They don't move. And, and saying that I have been falsely accused of... He looks like Tintin, doesn't he? Oh my, oh my, oh my, oh my going crazy here. Tintin. Does he look like Tintin? No? <laughs> doesn't he look a little bit like Tintin? Doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> come on man i swear i've always thought he looks like tintin i swear to god i've always thought that he looks a little bit like tintin <laughs> terrible things that i did not do and that's what i have to say thank you for listening and i want to thank my fans for rallying around me i i i it, your comments mean so much to me. And to be honest with you, I need them right now. Um, I, I will be taking a leave of absence, obviously, from my podcast. Um, uh, and uh, that's that's pretty much it. So Rape on, Callan. Rape on. Anyways, <laughs> let's move away from that one. Uh, let's cover a little bit of... Uh, let's cover what should we cover what should we cover, what should we cover? Oh, let's do this let's do this let's do this let's do this one <laughs> honestly the eyebrows is a fucking sight in it right those eyebrows are fire. i just realized it's actually big up in the stream chat for putting me onto that those eyebrows are fucking trouble in it right that is definitely you're my girlfriend now right that's definitely you can be my girlfriend now. Alright? Energy. Look at that. Fucking hell. Anyways. Big up him, I guess. Big up him, I guess. So let's play this video. This is courtesy of the Final Kids subreddit. It's called Bruce Spring Spring. I'm a liar. This is this is gonna be fun. For sure. Let's get this going. <laughs> Bruce Spring Spring, I'm a liar. Let's get this. Please, please, come on, load for me. Don't cry for me, but load for me. There we go. Come on, son. Bish bash boss. Yep, there you go. It's loading. Cool. Let's put this on there. This is called Bruce Spring Spring, I'm a liar. Available now on the Find the Kids subreddit. Check it out. Imagine the biggest loser in your school, just the negative kid. 
you're walking down the hallway and like, cool shoes, like, excuse me? You're the worst kid in the school, dude. I don't give a fuck. But now all those losers have a place to, you know, like, oh, I'm a loser. You're a loser. Let's get together. You know? Hey, little girl, is your papa home? I'm drunk. Wanna walk me to my trouble, Lopez? I got a bad... Honestly, whoever caught him out that day, this is fucking artistic to the nth degree. This is way more artistic than anything Rachel's doing in fucking Target. This is legitimately, like, insane. Like, whoever fucking caught him walking around <laughs> in his munch dressed like this, like, oh my God. illustration. I'll text give me a book, but I can't talk if you laugh at me. I'll sue you too. Oh no, I'm a free speech warrior. Heard our friend Chris ever. I don't know Chris. I don't. Um, I have personally been following illegal ladies myself. I'm a man. Brennan, tell the truth. I can't talk. Lopez, talk. Lopez. No, I'm hurt. Lopez. I'm betting on myself. I thought they would know that my dad bought my card from Stickboard Studio. go man that boy is a liar big up big up the final kids celebrated. that was absolutely awesome absolutely fantastic it still makes me laugh to this day that race with Chappelle Lacey was fucking hilarious Brendan didn't respect or understand Chappelle's athletic prowess because he was a cheerleader I think in Brendan's head he thought this cheerleader is not going to beat me who is he bloody blah 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 but little did he know the cheerleader even the overweight cheerleader who doesn't do sport that much anymore was way more athletic and explosive than Brenner would ever be and then in order to save his dignity and to not admit he lost he had to make an excuse up that he blew sorry blew both of his flipping hammies which obviously was a stone cold lie um at most he might have sprained it but he didn't break him and you know Jesus Christ man what an absolute psycho 
But yeah, let's big up um, what's his face. Let's big up them on the Friday Kids sub, and then we've got another one here, which is called Drone Strikes Full Song. Let's hear this is from last year also. Let's hear what this looks like. The Drone Strikes Full Song. Let's see. Bear with me one second now as it kind of loads up. Here we go. Here we go. There we go. It's loading right now. A homeless cat could not even fathom the amount of work it takes to pull off a set or a good podcast or a business or merchandise. Oh, really, dude? <laughs> Football. How did that go? Fighting. How did that go? Showtime. How did that go? Drone strikes. From the chain CEO, you deduced yourself from your podcast throne. I guess redaction glass houses should not cast stones. You got a dither to your left and a rapist to your right. You say you had mine, but you're just out of light. Your career free falls, got you grasping at straws. Yearning for the days when daddy Joe returns your calls. Your wife runs a business to fund floors visits. She sells your clothes on the net just to keep her flower wet. Obsessed with your weight instead of happy that you're fat. Don't you know it hides a present left behind your back? You knew specials dropping soon, and here's what I predict another 1.6. And I ain't all about your dick. Whiskey, how did that go? Super Bowl, how did that go? Stand up, how did that go? Drone strikes from the Chang CEO, you're on Kratom, happy, steroids, nicotine, Adderall, alcohol, delia, dick, and ketamine. You bring up your diet so you can go flex when you look like Chris Benoit hanging from his old flex. I'm talking go. Okay. Decent enough, decent enough. Check out the whole thing available now on the Fire and the Kids sub. Uh, <laughs> oh, some of these songs really, really do tickle, 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 tickle me. So, um, I think that might have to be it for now, my friends. Because like I said, I have to prepare for tomorrow and go for my run. I don't want to be up too late. So apologies for the quick one. We will reconvene again in the morning. So once I'm up and I've gone for my run and I'm finished, we will carry on. So I know some of you guys are in the state. So early in the morning, if you're around, I'll do another one early in the morning. Sometime, I don't know, like UK 9am or something around then. So if you're around UK 9am, tune in and I'll be back and we'll do another stream and we'll pop over and do the rest of the stuff that I've got here on my flipping list to kind of check out. So um, definitely, definitely, definitely check back around then. I should be back for my run and I can tell you everything that's happening. So yeah, 9.30ish, 9am-ish, um, I'll be back on here to do it. Um, so yeah, man, so come, come, come and hang out with the boy tomorrow and we'll definitely go and do that so again like i said apologies for the late show i know usually it's for the short show usually i do longer ones but i need to flip in get to bed and wake up early so i can go off my run tomorrow i want to take advantage of it because honestly it's been so warm and the pollen count has been so high that it's been hard to fucking um you know it's been hard to run so now that it's raining outside and it's going to be a bit wet in the morning i have to take advantage of it i have to um so yeah what time in the morning um i guess 9 a.m you what 9 30 uk time so i don't know i don't know where you guys live what's night what's nine what's let's say 9 30 what's 9 30 a.m uk time what? 
which is what? 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 What is that? Night to GMT. What is that? Let's see. Nine thirty GMT would be about what time is that? About eight thirty, I guess, or wherever you're at. I think is that right? Is it GMT? Or is it Eastern? Whatever your time is, I don't know. Whatever your time frame is, um, I'll be I'll be up about nine thirty, and shit. So um, yeah, check me out then if you're around. Please do. It'll be a pleasure to have your company again, and we can go through the rest of the stuff that we need to flip and do. Um, no EST. It's GMT. Is us? Is US? Sorry, I went for a run and almost died. <laughs> But yeah, so big up everybody in the stream chat. I appreciate all of you guys. Um, like I said, I'll see you guys again tomorrow. And we're going to reconvene and jump on this thing again. Okay? Thank you. So if you are tuning in, make sure you like the stream if you enjoyed it. And I'm going to play us out with some noise bitch of music. -y. So thank you again for tuning in. Appreciate all of you. I'll see you again very, very soon. For now, take care, be safe.